0: Albuquerque's macro-aggression, Eddie Aragon, The Rock of Talk. five Monday afternoon, I'm Eddie Aragon, The Rock of Talk on AM 1600, KIVA, BQ.FM, Rock of Talk. Dot com, 550, 5,500 here this afternoon in the Kiva. On the Ides of August, uh, Augustus Caesar, you know, we actually have a 12-month elder because of, of that man. And we think of this wonderful month where so many things seem to sort of reset. I don't know what it is. In the world, with me, I think with everybody. Maybe we're all just celebrating, uh, I don't know, Dowd's birthday. Tomorrow, by the way, folks, I think he's still looking for that ride to the airport, but we'll get to that Uh, as well and before we uh, sort of launch into everything don't forget to download the app while you can at rockoftalk.tv so go ahead and grab that you can uh, stick that on your handy dandy little app if you like and then see our little tick uh, ticker on there thanks to Casey helping put together our graphic uh, which is good we're going to use for all of our shows going forward Uh, so good weekend of programming as well Nat and Jaybird are back. They're pretty excited about things. We've got a kind of a new lineup we've kind of adjusted, I think, to fit perfect. Dinah's going to come on the backside of, of Nat and Jaybird, and then we'll have uh, Casey kicking things off with uh, his wife uh, actually this week, so that's pretty good. Uh, <coughs> he hasn't been listening, so I could tell. One of the little magic things about talk radio <coughs> is um, I can tell when people are listening or where they get their information from. I mean, when you're inundated with as much information as I am daily via audio, via video, the number of texts I get in, like I am a little source of information and uh, it all just comes to me and not much goes out except through this little microphone right here. d Dad Muska, hour one, a lot of fun here as we set up uh, the rest of the show. Dad, how are you?
1: Uh, I was fine until about an hour ago when I uh, walked into the uh, the media complex at the Eddie Aragon building and. In southern Albuquerque, and I was uh, greeted with the comment, "Last day, huh?" And I thought, <laughs> "Last day? What last day?" And um, "Last day of uh, not being half a century oh, old" was the point. Oh yeah. And, See, Dow uh, yes, thought
0: I was yes. kicked. You thought that was uh, that was going to be the the firing. Well, I guess what he's never been hired. He is here. He's my partner, and he is the Dow three thousand, uh, ladies and gentlemen. He's here all the time. And so, uh, I've, yes. before
1: people accuse me of of, of uh, hypocrisy, yes. I believe birthdays are for children not for adults but half a century i'm giving everyone a waiver on this one everybody's emailing me and sending me gifts and everything because they know it's 50 they, they consider it a big one so uh i will not complain about anyone who wants to mention or comment on my birthday or give me something back to normal next year but half a century you know okay i'll, I'll i'm granting everybody a waiver
0: on that. One. i've got a, a special gift for dowd and oh. it is going to be dark uh, tomorrow it's an audio gift that's the best gift i could give him all the air that's here. Uh, that he has, and uh, we'll get to that uh, as as well. All right, so folks, today is the last day of uh, Better Call Saul. Um, the Rock of Talk is now national based upon this one particular article. We'll get to that uh, uh, right after we get to starting the show, which is going to be all about Trump, all about DeSantis, uh, certainly the elections that are coming up with uh, Mark Ronchetti. Doubt has been uh, really kind of chomping at the bit to get to the world and how lazy we are. And uh, Dowd is one of the hardest working men I know. Uh, as he showed up at the event today to register, he came up with a new phrase, which was, "No Albuquerque doesn't give half-ass; they only give
1: uh, we're quarter-assed in New Mexico." <laughs> uh, the famous Homer Simpson line, when 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 Bart said, uh, "No offense, Homer, but your half-assed overparenting uh, isn't any better than your half-assed underparenting." And Homer said, "But I was using my whole ass." <laughs> uh, in New Mexico, we don't even uh, rise to the level of half acidness. We do quarter acid
0: He showed up to basically I did uh, register, yep. and nobody was prepared. He nope. was there early, and then no, I
1: was no, I was not. They well... said I was early. They said one you were early on New
0: Mexico. They said standard. registration
1: begins at one o'clock. I was there about 140, 40 minutes. Land after, of Mañana.
0: We don't just get that the, name on our own. I mean, I mean, without a lot of hard work. Yeah. We I got just, that name on our own.
1: Some of the most useless people I've ever met in my life. There it is. Native they were Mexicans. all right there. Sorry, there's just something about the culture here. I love New Mexico. I love the weather. I love the history. There's so much to like about New Mexico but you people don't have your bleep together. Hey, you, you couldn't last five minutes. In we the just,
0: uh, I'm gonna stop you early before we get <laughs> started on this uh, tangent, but I will say this, Dowd. We just got named, and we'll get to this a little bit later, the uh, the, the second nerdiest place in the second entire nerdiest. country. Hard yeah. to believe with our graduation yeah. rates and all that, uh, but uh, the very people that- who are stop bagging, start bragging uh, are acknowledging this, and we'll get to that. The market is not the market. We'll talk about um, why the stock market, despite the fact that you're hearing it's uh, up, is not exactly the market. Remember BlackRock, ten trillion dollars. They're all building it up. They need you to have all the confidence in the world. They gotta help you get them to the finish line, and they've gotta they gotta get at least forty percent of the votes so they can manufacture the additional twelve percent of the votes across the country so they can win the election. You ever hear that? You know, grading on a curve. Well, that's we vote on a curve here in this in this country. Newspapers failing everywhere, and why you can pay people to leave New Mexico. And yes, we are doing it, and a little bit of. Uh, all along the watchtower, more news from Elon Musk and some news bits. 550, 50, 500. Let's kick it off with where Joe Biden is at. Boy, this is D- what. Does he know? He doesn't. Thank you for answering that. Uh, we do know where Hunter is. Hunter is with Joe Biden in South Carolina, uh, enjoying a much-deserved break. I mean, you come out of COVID twice. This is, this is a, a blueprint for all of New Mexico. Get COVID get COVID again, and then decide to phone it in. (laughs) Decide that you're not going to go to work. Decide that you never have to go to work again. Uh, That's the Joe Biden method. And it seems to be working because according to Fox News, and remember, Fox News is squarely in Joe Biden's corner. They're saying that his approval ratings are improving. Yeah, just just in time for the elections. Americans grade Biden following the boost in national... You know, nothing better than faux news, huh? Nothing like getting the faux news uh, there at the... Uh, whoa. Oh, wait. Yeah. Eddie Aragon got rid of that more than a year and a half ago. Boy, did I get chided for that? You'll never come back to Fox News. Oh, guess it was on the national news of Fox News today? <laughs> that Excellent would be me. Point. I hadn't even thought of that. <laughs> Good point. Hey, right, Just so everything comes full circles, Full circle. Full circle. Uh, Americans in several cities, according to Fox News, had their thoughts on how President Biden is doing and graded his performance. F, 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 said one retired Milwaukee teacher. He doesn't know what he's doing. But another Milwaukee man gave Biden a B. A B for, it's good for Biden. It's also good for beer. And that's what we drink here in Milwaukee. Well, folks, they're literally coaching you through the psychology. They're getting you to the finish line. The finish line for them is going to be Voting day in November. It's November 8th, right? That's was, that was, that was what it is. The 3rd f- or the 8th? Uh,
1: let me check. It's the yeah. first Tuesday after the first The 8th is when Donald
0: Trump day. got elected, but I thought it was like the 8th again, something it weird. It is the 8th this year. Yes. It's the 8th again. How weird. Well, it's good for us because, well, you don't want to give the Democrats too much time. It, well, I don't want to digress. Biden's approval rating hit 40%. Oh, his highest in two months. Here, it's everything's not an inflation. Oh no, no, it's an it's inflation. Everything's not a recession. Oh, it's 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 a recession. We're saying it's inflation. We're saying it's recession. They're saying Biden's job approval rating hit. It went. It it's just the small word. It's nuance. It's the way that you phrase things. It's the careful psychology in this meme culture that we're in. It's not what we say. It's how we sell what we are saying. There's always the positive. See, everything, no matter what Donald Trump did, was always just the negative. It was just, well, oh, uh, yeah, fastest growing, but it was, you know, that was Obama economy, right? The media is always going to be in the Democrats' quarter. And I think you can pick two words. You can pick democrats, or you can pick communists. You take your pick. I'm a little bit more policy-driven, seeing what they're doing, see the homogenization of everything. See that, you know, hammering down on all this doubt. I'm going to go with communists. But if you want to just go ahead and characterize them like, I don't know, cartoon characters, you can say demon crats. And either way, very accurate way to de- display exactly who they are. Now, Americans gave Fox News mixed answers on how they'd rate president's performance. This is where I'm getting this 40 percent from. If Biden's performance is 40 percent. That's enough for them to manufacture the votes at the polls. And with all the early voting, for them to, wait, let's, how do you get to this number ready? Well, let's go back and Dowd can pull this up uh, as we go. And we'll figure out, hmm, that very careful 11, 12%. Okay. This is why Mark Ronchetti's team and his advisors have a very, very, like, if they climb this hill and they make it, after the $52 million that has been spent, this will be, in my opinion, a victory of epic proportions. We're going to get to the Axios piece earlier. By the way, Axios now sold to the is it the Washington Post. I forget who, who they sold to. Okay. They're, they're, they're no longer Axios. I see all the we have no AP News anymore. All of our reporters are now working for either WAPO or Axios, as uh, Dowd has also probably noticed. <clears throat> If you look at what Barack, excuse me, Hillary Rodham Clinton got in, what was it, 2016 versus what Joe Biden got in 2020, <clears throat> I'll tell you the number of votes that are going to get manufactured. And it's state by state. There's a reason why Democrats are feeling good. They just have to do just enough, but the hubris got to them and they invaded Donald Trump's we're gonna call it compound now. Okay, I think that's. Uh, I don't know that if you can call it the resort or Mar-a-Lago. I mean, after the government gets inside your business, whether it's the FBI, CIA, it, it's filth. I mean, if Donald Trump probably, oh, they've already been here. I don't want these. It's no longer a home. It really isn't. What was it uh, in 2016 for Hillary Clinton? 64 million that she got, I think.
1: Uh, yeah, 65.9.
0: Okay. Take the 65.9 and divide it by the 81 point whatever. And uh, what, what do you? 15 and a half million. More. Yeah, there you go. And that 15 and a half million against that 80 million roughly is just the margin that they're going to need to manufacture. I want to repeat this. This is going to be the, remember when you were staying late at, well, no, maybe it's just me. Have I stayed up throughout the night of every single election I think ever? I think I probably have almost. With the exception of when when President Trump won, after he gave that victory speech, I'm like, oh, boy, eight and a half hours of broadcasting, and I was done. I was done at that point. Okay. I will
1: say, Eddie, that that Ten night, that night I, was out, I was on the East Coast. I was up till w- well past 3 a.m. Nothing was more pleasurable. Not not because not I'm not 100% in the MAGA camp. Watching at the Javits Center, Hillary's people the, the, the frowns start to form, the tears start to oh, drop. Oh, the crying, yeah. It and was very Podesta satisfying. came out and she was too much of a coward to go out and address her own people. And Podesta said, everybody go home. That was one of the most pleasurable experiences
0: of my life. I think it was for a lot of people, Dowd. I mean, uh, really, I think you could not validate not to take that. take anything
1: away from what Trump did. He, he pulled off an amazing uh, feat that year, that night. But, oh, it was the Hillary that, that just warmed the cockles of my very tiny heart.
0: <laughs> they essentially manufactured 18.5% more than what they had. Okay. If you take it against the 81. All right. So if you look at that and you remember that all those votes were awarded in Wisconsin and then Arizona, and then what's the news today? Georgia's the news today. That's all that they're going to need to manufacture to go. And this is why the Democrats are feeling good. And they put something out like this Nearly three months ahead of time. It's enough to start bleeding into the psychology to the point where you're like, oh, I guess Biden is doing a good job after all. I guess we're really not in a recession. Well, I guess, you know, he really is fighting inflation. Well, I guess we really, you know, a year on, you know, we really haven't had any war in Afghanistan. Yet you're hearing the, and you got to listen to the NPR stuff. Boy, they're praising Biden for what he did in Afghanistan. They're giving out candy that everybody wants. But I want you to listen to the hardcore right wing and what's really happening and and, and why they're paying attention to what's happening to Trump, me, Joe Arpaio. I mean, take your pick. Joe Arpaio lost his third comeback bid in a town mayoral race three times. I can't think of a politician that is more popular in the state of Arizona than Joe, Joe Arpaio. I mean, you when I was living there, all you heard was about Sheriff Joe. Sheriff Joe, he's, he's tackling crime, made Arizona. Arizona didn't become New Mexico because of Sheriff Joe Arpaio. And I'm, I'm not saying that lightly. Dressing jail inmates in pink suits and sticking them into hot tents and making them. I mean, if you got a DUI, if you got, uh, you know, whatever kind of uh, assault, altercation, um What The change that happened with domestic violence, if somebody showed up at your doorstep for a domestic, somebody was going to jail, all of that is directly tied to Joe Arpaio. And he lives in a place called Fountain Hills, a place where I I know quite well. The 90-year-old former Arizona sheriff who was once a powerful figure in Republican politics has been defeated in a race for mayor of the affluent suburb where he has lived for more than two decades. His defeat in the mayor's race in Fountain Hills against two-term incumbent Ginny Dickey marks Arpaio's third failed comeback bid since 2016 loss after serving 24 years as the sheriff of Maricopa County. All brand name recognition, every good hardline law and order policy and everything that's been influenced. I mean, aside from um, Barry Goldwater, Joe Arpaio has had the biggest impact on Arizona politics. Remember, this is where you had all the, the stuff that happened with John McCain. Remember, I mean, back in the late '80s, early '90s, and uh, what, what was the name of that group? The the financial, and then of course the remember the thumbs thump, thumbs up for Obamacare from none other than that's right, John McCain. And people don't remember this, and they were able to preserve the Republican brand. Now, think about who's moving to Arizona right now. All the Californians, Nevada, everyone's escaping. They're coming out of there, and they're like, they're going straight to Arizona. They're like. Oh, we love it. And that's why it's the fastest growing, way too expensive place in the entire country. <laughs> it's very expensive. Our pilot said he wasn't conceding the race, instead, he was going to consult with an attorney to explore whether to challenge the results. Dickie didn't immediately respond to a request for comment. Now, I want to say one thing you cannot run an election without having attorneys going forward. Hmm. I think that is guaranteed. Now, this is a 90 year old man. He knows what to do, he's the right kind of guy and every but what's it doing to the brand overall well here's here's the flip side of this Doug Deucey right and uh, what's her name the Carrie Lake she just got she just got nominated Donald Trump got behind her Arizona and Doug Ducey is now going with Donald Trump it's all in the Republican party is starting to come together and i need new mexico to take a page out of their book and start to implement it here the trump people excuse me, us Trump supporters, as well as DeSantis supporters, us DeSantis supporter. I'm really at the nexus of that. I support both of those guys. You heard me last week, and you've heard what I've been saying. This is a time to put all of that to bed if we're going to go ahead and defeat Michelle Lujan Grisham. The blueprint has been set for you. New Mexico, don't mess it up, okay? Trump supporters, you guys are going to go ahead and get flogged all over the place in the news. I'm getting flogged all all over the place. There's a reason for that. It's a tar and feathering effect that they're trying to do because they don't like our policies. But it's easier for them to just go ahead and say, well, he's a Trump supporter, so they don't like our man, and therefore you get colored in all of that. So everything that you do is now orange and Donald Trump. In Arizona. The officials are now using shipping containers to close a 1,000-foot gap in the border wall near southern Arizona, near Yuma. Officials with Doug Ducey's office say they were acting to stop immigrants after repeated unfulfilled promises from the Biden administration to close the gap. This is a political move. This is a timing move. Federal officials did not immediately comment. The move comes without explicit permission on federal land. Contractors began moving and stacking 60 foot long, nine foot tall shipping containers early Friday. Two other thousand foot gaps also will be closed off. The containers will be dropped within four feet of razor wire. Immigration is again going to be on the ballot. Kerry Lake is focused on that in Arizona. Here in New Mexico, Ron Ketty went down to Carlsbad. What was the discussion about? I've I've heard a lot of good things that happen. A good turnout of about 1,000 to 1,500 people, of course. The news media is going to underplay it. You had uh, the attorney general um, situation with uh, DeSantis where he took him out because he didn't want to go ahead and enforce some of the laws that he was advocating for. I doubt if you could. uh,
1: Yeah, the district attorney, uh, I forget which city it was. DeSantis said, you're done.
0: That's the type of leadership that we are going to need in this state. Okay. And he, he, he gave a very jovial uh, appearance. He was there for an entire hour. Ron went for about uh, 20 minutes. Uh, apparently Yvette Harrell uh, was, was very good introducing everybody and everybody was coming together. Yvette Harrell is squarely in the Trump camp. She was there with DeSantis. Ron <laughs> clearly in no camp, but, Really, I mean, that's the Susanna Martinez uh, uh, group that has been, uh, you know, eight years of good, strong leadership here in the, in, in this state. There's some questionable things that people have had some issues with, but that's everybody getting into the room at, at one time. Steve Pierce was down there. He had, uh, I don't know, all the, I think, uh, I don't know, a few other candidates who were there. I don't want to mention them, you know, just, just yet. Putting this formula together is going to be important, okay? Because you were fighting against them just tarring and feathering us. And it's not over yet. It's not just the FBI. There's going to be plenty of civil cases, even for Donald Trump. And we're all going to get thrown into this. The big news that everybody is just not shutting up about is 87,000 new IRS agents. They're not going to get those IRS agents, I can assure you, okay? That's not going to happen because I guarantee that the government is going to get shut down before that happens. How is it going to happen? They're not going to be able to fund it. We don't have the ability to fund the actual government. So they're going to have to come to you in order to force, extricate, whatever they possibly can do to get additional funds out of you. And I need you to just really, you know, don't jump to the to the conclusion here. That's not the worst thing in the world. I mean, after all, the government did lend how many of you guys? I don't know. Take your pick. 10 trillion, 12 trillion, $15 trillion. If you were taking that money, if you were staying at home and suddenly you're bitching about the fact that the IRS is coming and showing up at your house because you're trying to sit there and hide money. My, my gosh, uh, well, that's a whole different scenario. So let's just talk, talk about what's fair, uh, being fair here. You took money from the government. They're coming back to get it. They're going to call that a fair, a fair fight, but we're going to get to the point where we're not going to be able to fund the government. What they're going to start using now with Donald Trump is this tax fraud, and they're going to go and start talking about taxes. His tax trial, trial, in addition to the J6 trial, and I played that for you guys last night, is all set for October. October is just a couple of weeks before the election. Folks, what the Democrats are so good at is planning every single step, every single step, and then getting the messages out to their three-letter agencies so they can work behind the scenes and influence. A friend of mine sent me a video, says, do you want to make things happen? Do you want to talk in the shadows? And they were doing a recruit recruitment. I'm I'm gonna include it on our show notes tomorrow. I gotta send it to you. I'm gonna have uh, my buddy send it to me, okay? And they were recruiting people who could influence media, who could influence, you know, events that happen in communities so that they could change the discourse of what's happening in any of these communities. You can't believe any of the news and then of course, you got the, the, the people who are integrated in, into the news agencies themselves. And who knows what they're reporting? Who knows if they're not working for, you know, against you all the time. It's not, not with you, but against you. And I've got a very important video that I'll share with you guys, maybe today, maybe tomorrow. Capping an extraordinary week in Donald Trump's post-presidency, a New York judge ordered Friday that his company and its longtime finance chief stand trial in the fall on tax fraud charges stemming from a long-running criminal investigation into Trump's business practices. This is a man who took all of $16. This is a man, uh, to be president, this is a man who lost nearly $2.5 billion of his own net worth. Understand, please understand, this is how they're gonna frame everything in October. It's gonna be the government's gonna run out of money, If people don't start doing this, if they're not on board with this, if they're against the, if you just say now that you're against 87,000, and I know that that 87 has got to mean something. I don't know what it means. I don't think it's just a round number or whatever. That's that's twice as many, or yeah, it's twice as many as what they currently have. Currently have 78,000, bigger than the FBI, than the Depor- bigger than the Department of Defense. Manhattan Judge Juan Manuel Merchan scheduled jury selection. Listen to the timing of this. October 24th uh, 24th in the case which involves allegations that the Trump organization gave CFO Alan Weisselberg more than 1.7 million in off the books compensation rent car payments school tuition Weisselberg and the Trump organization have pleaded not guilty Weisselberg is the only Trump executive charged in the years long criminal investigation started by district attorney Cyrus Vance Jr those uh, those those uh, attorneys are all being led by now the Attorney General, who campaigned on taking Donald Trump down. That was her singular campaign statement the entire time, was to take Donald Trump down. What was her name, Letitia something or other? Let's forget what it was. Letitia James, is that what it is? That's their focus. Yeah, James. So it's to turn you into the criminal, the J6, the the symbols, the flags. And then the taxes, and then you—if you supported Trump, there's their trifecta. That's who they're identifying. That's what they're looking for. I just told you, Kerry Lake won. I just told you, DeSantis just came to New Mexico, which I believe is seismic. That was—that's an achievement, in my opinion, to get the governor of Florida, which is has all sorts of prosperity. To get him here, I thought that was a, a huge uh, what they like to say coup. That was a coup. It was, it I, I hate I hate when they use that word for whatever reason. So now let's continue. And sorry for the long open, but I need you to all to understand this so we can sort of set the stage, and so we can kind of carefully consider how things are going to go for the next roughly ninety days. <clears throat> Excuse me. Donald Trump backed Kerry Lake. Donald Trump's tour of revenge they're calling it in the AP ousted members of congress republican members of congress unleashed an army of trump backed america first candidates say you see what they're doing here to beat back the establishment and strengthen his grip on the party i'm glad they call it the establishment ron johnson and remember these establishment people are the rhinos they're the people that have been kept keeping us from winning and gaining our strength if you will Ron Johnson, the most vulnerable Republican senator up for re-election, will take on Wisconsin's lieutenant governor in November in one of the year's most closely watched Senate contests. That's going to be an incredible one. Why? Because, by the way, I don't expect Oz to win. Fetterman's uh, doing pretty pretty darn well coming out of the shoot, and he's got the feel sorry for me vote. the gentle giant, right? A member of the squad of progressive lawmakers survived a tough primary challenge from a, trial, uh, uh, from a Democratic rival running on a pro-police platform, 5147, right? Voters in Vermont are opposed to send a woman to Congress for the first time in the state's 231 year history. Trump's bond weakened, uh, excuse me, strengthens with the DOP after all the primary wins and after the FBI search. So now literally, we didn't think that the country could get more divided And then we saw what happened last Monday at this time. At this very moment, right? As this was all happening. Donald Trump became the sympathetic candidate. And today, I'm calling him a candidate already. Just think about that. And today, he had his passports removed. That's according to Daily Caller and also according to Todd Starnes. Todd's actually pretty plugged in. He was... If you knew where Todd Starn's office was in the Fox News place, he is sort of the guy that, you know, <laughs> inobtrusive and, and all of a sudden, you know, he had all the information because he heard something and then followed up on it. he's he's, he's a very, very good guy, very nosy guy, too. <laughs> like, very good. And he always writes on culture. And I think ultimately that's what this is all going to come down wrong
1: with
0: to. Not at all. In battleground Wisconsin, Donald Trump's pick for governor defeated the favorite of the Republican establishment. What happened in the wee hours of that night on the election, when they manufactured those additional 18.4% votes overall? What happened when all that stuff came flooding in, right? Across the country? Wisconsin was one of those places. I think it was one of four places where they got those late night specials four to seven, right? Four to seven AM, wherever they were at locally. You're know, like. What? I thought we were ahead. I, I, we, we were neck and neck in Connecticut, a state where compassionate conservatives was was born. A Senate candidate who promoted Trump's election lies prevailed over state GOP's preference. This is again from the AP. Okay, I'm I'm reading. You got to pay it more attention. You can't just be reading through the eighty thousand conservative blogs every day. You got to pay attention to what the other side is saying. And I'm trying to help you see some of this crap that they're, you know, pushing out. I really, I told out today before we, we started the, the show, I'm like, I feel like we're just flinging crap at each other. Like the, our job is just basically just flinging, flinging the crap, you know, seeing what we can, what kind of game we can make of this whole thing. And in Washington, minority leader, Mitch McConnell joined Congressman and conspiracy theorist, Marjorie Taylor Greene in defending Trump against an unprecedented FBI search. Now I, that's not the audio that I saw or the video that I saw. The 2022 midterm season enters its final phase. The Republicans on November ballot are tied, of the def- are tied to the divisive former president as never before, whether they feel like it or not. Now we're going to talk about DeSantis campaigning here. And we're going to talk about Mark Ronchetti. And we're going to start talking about this election because there's a lot on the line. Michelle Lujan Grisham today canceled a visit to the brand new hospital that they've been screaming and hollering about in Valencia County. That is the most telling thing I think that I've seen her do besides show up at uh, last week with uh, Tim Keller. Boy, that was uh, a spectacle. Albuquerque Raw has the uh, video. You can watch it in its entirety if you could even stomach it. I think it's on their YouTube channel. They're worried. You've got them on their heels. Don't pick fights with each other between Trump and DeSantis, between Pierce and Susanna, between anybody within the party from now until the end, until November. After the election is done, okay, and I'm pretty sure I think I'm not going to run for state party chair. I'm pretty sure uh, Robert Aragon's going to be running against Steve Pierce for state party chair. So you're going to have like more of the same. But I'm asking you, despite of that, this is the only thing I can do as your supposed state party chair that lost by one vote.
1: (laughs) Or was it 29?
0: (laughs) Whatever. I'm asking you not to fight with each other between now and November the 8th. November the 9th, you can open up uh, cans of whoop-ass all over each other if you're Republican. And I'm fine with that. Okay. But between now and November 8th, get on board with whatever candidates you can possibly um help out there with your time with your money with your fundraising anybody with an r next to their name i don't i don't care who it is they've got an r next to the name you got to get behind them and you got to vote for them our congressional candidates folks they they they're in bad shape i just looked at the numbers for each of our our our, uh, candidates in cd one two and three yvette harrell boy she If I were Yvette Harrell, I wouldn't even talk to CD1 or CD3. I think she's going to have a good victory probably by about three percentage points, two to three percentage points. And that's going to come with a lot of help. That DeSantis event, I think, helped a lot with that. Ronchetti's team, especially down in Southern New Mexico, is going to help a lot with that. And then you have Pierce's team helping a lot with that. It's going to be Southern New Mexico that's going to have to try and save a lot of what's left in They're going to to have to have 80% wins down there to make up for some of the uh, 30%, 25, 30% show ups uh, in some of the other. If you can get some of those, and I've looked at the numbers going county by county. If you can get the Republicans in some of those blue counties, deep blue counties, get more than a quarter of the vote.
2: Yeah.
0: Right? The, I think the, we're pretty They just got to hold their own. and that's, you've got, the bleeding. <laughs> you got to outperform. It's about 25, some, some 30, 31, 32%. It, like if you get Los Alamos to 30, 30%, you've got to win in Northern New Mexico. Okay, because that's going to translate to wins everywhere else, in my opinion. If you get Santa Fe uh, County to somewhere around 26, 27% from Bronco Ronchetti, and I think that's going to be enough to go ahead and win it, okay? Because Southern New Mexico is going to get somewhere between 75, 70, 75% in some camp. Or Tarot County is likely to be 80, 85%. They don't care. And, and I'm saying this now, You know, even though I'm not a fan of him. I mean, guys like John Block, even if he has an R next to his name, just get him in. Just get him in. We'll deal with it afterwards. So please, please, please heed my warnings here. We're going to talk about DeSantis campaigning in New Mexico's GOP, makes a bold governor bet. This is Axios. Uh, that reporting this this morning. D-Dowd, um, very quickly, Otero County did something that was kind of amazing speaking about elections. I think they voted to go back and look at the election from 2020 or something. Can you uh, give me an idea of what, what they were doing? Because I know um, Coy is still involved with the county commissioners, but they them and Maggie Toulouse-Oliver... I was yeah, re-
1: they're suing, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Um, sue. Uh, yeah, uh, this is from the 12th, a uh, Thursday... Special meeting at the Flickinger Center in downtown Alamogordo to discuss the findings of the Clements audit, the Otero County audit, uh, which, which resulted in the uncovering of multiple abnormalities. Uh, again, this is from the Pinyon Post. Presenting on the fraud included IT expert Jeffrey Lenberg, Professor David Clements, very famous uh, name at this point, his wife, uh, Mrs. Clements, Aaron Clements, and Cynthia Butler, a statistician. Uh, Butler's findings from a statistical analysis of votes were that there are margins of error in Otero County around 20 to 30%, which she said is quote, consistent with mail-in ballot stuffing, close quote, and quote, digital ballot stuffing, close quote. Okay. The audit resulted in a 500 page assessment report. All right. Mr. Clements, professor, former professor Clements said quote, plus public trust has been eviscerated uh, according to the professor regarding the election process. The Otero County Commission approved two measures at last week's meeting. One was to pursue a lawsuit against MTO, Maggie Toulouse-Oliver. Uh, they voted two to one and a motion to remove drop boxes, which I can completely get behind. I can't believe drop boxes are even a thing in this country. Uh, remove voting machines and hand count ballot on a vote of two to one. Commissioners Marquart and Coy Griffin voted in support of both measures, while the lone vote against them was Commissioner Gerald Matherly. So Otero County not giving up this fight, I guess.
0: Well, I think that that's good. And I think that's where the fight has got to be after all the math that we're talking about here and the pieces, and and it should be said, David Clements, I think he ran for Senate back in 2014. Uh, Did he run as a Republican or a libertarian? Do you remember? remember. He may have ran it and he's a transplant from South Carolina. Let me say this, okay. He is not a part of the Republican party's election integrity. I repeat, he is not a part of the Republican Party's election integrity.
2: Ran as a Republican against Ellen Way. Okay, Ellen
0: Way. Okay. So that's good. Um, Glad glad to hear. I can't remember, I guess, because of who he was associated with. I was thinking libertarian for some reason. Okay, so long story short, folks, and what's really important to stress here about David Clements is he was kicked out of the election integrity group. He and his wife, Professor David Clements, the man who helped, uh, what's the guy with the My Sheets, My Pillows? What's the... Oh just escaped. Mike Lindell. Mike Lindell. He was on the stage with Steve Bannon, Mike Lindell. And he is the one who's going to use Otero County. And that is going to be the blueprint. This is why they were working so hard against Corey Griffin. This is why they want to run with this J6 stuff. Maggie Toulouse-Oliver's got a lot to deal with because I think that David Clements, and I haven't talked to the man at all. I think I've you know, met him once about six, seven years ago. He is entirely focused on this as is Otero County. And I think that that's important. All right. Sorry for the long open, a lot to get to a lot of homework. Hopefully you guys uh, got the notes. Hopefully you'll be sharing uh, all this stuff and appreciate everybody tuning in on AM 1600 KIVABQ.FM FM, It's amazing. The things that go bump in the night. Most of the things that go bump in the night are generally those voting machines. And we have to prevent that from happening. Best way to go ahead and volunteer if you don't want to volunteer for a campaign is become a poll watcher. You don't have to necessarily do it through the Republican Party. You can do it yourself, folks. The best thing I can do, the best message I can give you going into this election. I'm very positive. I'm optimistic. I hope that you are, too. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in on AM 1600 KIVA, ABQ.FM, RockOfTalk.com. 48 here in the kiva 550 5500 if you want to go ahead and uh text in well uh i no doubt you asked me about that about uh desantis and asked me if i went down there for the desantis dig. i did not and didn't feel like i, I needed to um but i think it was a good opportunity to kind of get more people down so plus well, i don't want to have, you know take that type of uh, trip down there and i think that desantis might just show up again because Polling will indicate that uh, this is going to be a very close race, and New Mexico is on the map. It's all hands on deck. I think for the very first time, it has probably not been a good 10 days uh, in the uh, Michelle Lujan Grisham household. Uh, I think that that's uh, pretty fair to say. What'd you say?
1: Uh, well, since she's made life miserable for the rest of us for two and a half years, uh, it's hard to have sympathy for 10 bad days.
0: Yeah. So I think this is really the year of whether or not we will truly believe in karma. Uh, some of the hit pieces that have been coming out, I think, uh, uh, against her, uh, which haven't really been hit pieces, have uh, been by the media just fact-checking her. She's just as uh, screwing herself <laughs> every day of the week. And uh, it's kind of amazing because... Really feel like she's been, you know, sticking it to us for uh last two and a half years every day of the week as well. So, New Mexico has the largest share of Hispanic voters, Axio says, of any state in the country. Luhan Grisham is currently the nation's only Latina governor, but she's unpopular. This is this is a cheerleader for Michelle Lujan Grisham. Yep, yep. His name is Russ Contreras, okay? Yep. Now, I happen to know a lot of other things about Russ as a reporter.
1: I think he used to be on the AP's diversity team or something. He was all yeah. the projects. And...
0: This is a good, let, let's just put it this way. Um, Russ is swinging from the other side of the plate right now. For good reason. I've had an opportunity to interface with him a number of times, uh, helped him wear an AP radio, uh, an AP affiliated radio station. But this Axios piece is probably in, Michelle Lujan Grisham has got people in the right places to feed her back the information to know that the media has turned on her because with Russ Contreras, they feed everybody else through the AP and he knows how to upload and get all the stuff out to the right people. This is going to change the dialogue. So this is why I want you to feel very confident And you have to feel good about this, but she's unpopular to state that in an article as a report. Mm-hmm. I think is, boy, that, that, that's, a, that's a war cry right yep, there, yep, in my yep. opinion. But she's unpopular. He won't well, be on the Christmas card list. No, he's, he's done. He'll never talk to a Democrat for the next couple of years. And with Hispanic voters poised to continue the rightward shift. Now, I think that's important because we go back to the Rio Grande Valley. and We talk about the people who have been winning in Texas. Republican Mark Ronchetti, a former TV meteorologist, is suddenly in play. Just the careful phrasing and the staging, like there's so much crafting that has to go in to create exactly this. It's just awesome. This is is awesome. I, I mean, I applaud this from every angle. He's well positioned after defeating MAGA allies. Okay, good. Don't even give, don't even talk about that, please. Don't distance yourself from the MAGA allies. Okay. Let me just, just coaching you a little bit here. Okay. Real care politics shows Lujan Grisham polling leaders within the margin of error. Oh, the other thing is Karen Bedoni, let me repeat like you're only going to give the race to Michelle Lujan Grisham at this point. There's nothing else that you can do, especially after DeSantis shows up for Ron Ketty. Mexico has to pass more traditional battlegrounds like Michigan and Pennsylvania on the GOP's radar. Wow. I can't even believe that made it. <laughs> I was like, "What? Ronchetti has kept his distance from Trump." Okay, who's deeply unpopular in New Mexico? I don't. I don't think he's deeply unpopular. Okay, another thing. There's no reason, especially after last week, to do that. It's, on, it's a. It's a. It's a. What do you call those unforced errors? Mm. Don't divide, unite. Start throwing everybody in here. Paint Donald Trump as the victim because he is. <laughs> People are buying that. Okay. The, the amount of traffic on the talk radio is unbelievable. Axios uh, learned, uh, Ronchetti told Axios that Republicans can't win in New Mexico with harsh rhetoric about Hispanics and must focus on issues like crime in the economy. I would also urge you not to say that. Okay. It does have to be pretty harsh because we do have to. Before you solve a problem, how do you solve a problem? Do I talk about it like, well, there, you know, there's a little bit more murders than last year. I don't really know how many more, but, you know, that's not the point here. The point is we all live and we all need to come together. We all care about this. No, that's not going to win it, okay? You have to overstate the problem. And the Trump supporters are going show to show up because of exactly that reason. You have to sell the red meat still during the election, okay? And, I, and I'm going to help do that that's what I'm going to do. That's what I think I need to continue to do. Okay, Yeah, I I get it. No, I mean, all kidding aside, really, I mean, I did get more uh, votes in the mayor election than Ron Keddie got in the Bernalillo County election. So let's just, let's just go ahead and look at those numbers, if you will. Okay. But all being aside, okay, there is a good brand. There is a good brand that was been built by Trump that got re- integrated into the whole thing and it's not going to work against mark ronchetti it's not going to work mark we cannot be divided on the right side of this you got an r next to your name you're going right republican there's only one choice period and it, it's only ronchetti we have a lot of conservatives in the state who are wondering can we build a movement to do this we can't there's no movement here
1: that's an interesting statement isn't it it is I don't know what to make of
0: it. <laughs> well, there isn't anything. There's, right. it's sort of just to like, when you ride the tide, you have to take the credit. Is that the is that, okay? Okay, that makes sense. You're going. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you gotta, you gotta come. Oh, we got this, and these. Like the idea is like you sell the um, perception. You sell the perception, then it's convincing, right? Mm-hmm. But don't go out, and start thinking you can exclude people in your party. Okay, got it. You see that? So the big picture, crime and public safety. Here's the problem: crime and public safety aren't going to be enough to do it. Let me tell you why. The number one reason why has to do with Albuquerque and crime. So I already gave you the lesson of what was happening with Joe Biden, right? Oh, things are improving. Well, he went from 35 to 40%. Oh, oh, Michelle Lujan Grisham, she inherited this problem from Mayor Barry. Well, you know, and Tim Keller's had a very difficult time and we've gone through some hard uh, prosperity all over the damn board. New Mexico never participated in because they were so hardened against Donald Trump and any Republican period that they weren't able to take. And and we had the bail reform, you know, we've had uh, the open borders. We've had every single issue that there is, okay? You gotta focus on the economy. Mark Ronchetti has gotta start talking about the economic issues. Dad, you know exactly where I'm going with this. People are feeling really poor right now. I am seeing it everywhere. I am seeing it at the stores. I'm seeing, this is the number one reason why you see this. People are becoming more drug and alcohol, even more than during COVID, I want to say. You've got to move the needle and you got to move it towards the unemployment. You got to move it towards economics, okay? Because it's a neutral playing field that Michelle Lujan Grisham cannot capitalize on. When I'm speaking to every Ronchetti person, every person who's advocating for Mark Ronchetti, anybody who wants something different than Michelle Lujan Grisham, okay? You have to start talking about where you're at with your pocketbooks because Dow just got a report today. I sent Dow the report and I was like, my gosh, it's as bad as that, if not worse. We are one of the worst, most expensive places in the country when you compare your income against the amount of money that you're taking in. It's insane. And I'm like, bingo, there it is. There's the real cause of doubt. I know you have just like a little topical, but you're gonna be addressing this in one of your write-ups here in the next week or so. But uh, let me tell you, this is something that people need to be paying attention to. Do you feel better than you did four years ago under Michelle Lujan Grisham? That very question is the easiest thing to answer. Going back to 1992, it's the economy, stupid. Doubt sent me something over the weekend that was written up in the Santa Fe, New Mexican. The tax breaks aren't helping us grow. People are feeling poor in Santa Fe coming out of this. We'll talk more about uh, this uh, after the break. I got to tell you, um, I think this this shift has to happen because crime and public safety aren't going to be enough to do it. I hate to say it. I hate to say it. It's just not going to be enough to do it. Back after a quick break, after the top of the hour news here in the Kiva. On AM 1600 KIVA, ABQ.FM, rockoftalk.com. Lots more to get to. I will get to the Better Call Saul right up at Fox News. Very, very timely. I have thoughts. (laughs) Oh, you have thoughts? I do. Well, uh, well, some of those rhinos get in there. They they really hold the line. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Yeah. albuquerque's macro aggression eddie aragon the, the rock of talk i am eddie aragon the rock of talk at the 1600 kiv rock of talk.com hour two coming at you from the abq the d dowd muska is in studio for the week and then he's off all next week so wish him happy birthday tomorrow Today's his last na- day at 49 and I'm going to be giving him sort of a a weird birthday present. But in my opinion, I think it'll be a way for him and I to really kind of connect and have a few laughs uh, as uh, well. Um, Let's get into more of this. I got some of your texts. Just as a kind of an update uh, here, this is very interesting. Democratic Party, New Mexico. uh, Let me tell you how desperate they are. They're bringing in all the guns. That's right. Join us this Wednesday, August 17th in CD2. They're going after Yvette Harrell. Candidate Gabe Vasquez, Congressman Adam Schiff. Listen to this. It's all the people who hate Donald Trump. All the people on, yeah, there it is. Uh, Gabe Vasquez with Congressman Adam Schiff, Jamie Raskin, and Congressman Melanie Stansbury and Chalisa Legere Fernandez to discuss protecting our democracy (laughs) at the federal and the state (laughs) level. It's always protecting democracy. It is. Just like it's always about fighting inflation. We're fighting and we have an inflation bill. It says it right at the very top, you know, fighting inflation. Can't you read it? Can't you read what this, what, what it is? I mean, that's kind of, come on, Dow. That's what they're doing. I'm sorry. I'm sad. of touching. Don't you want the country to get better? See, if you don't want the country to get better, I'm just like, you know, we are living in sinister times, folks. Truth is being hidden or distorted via fact checks. Free speech is being silenced. Democrats label bills being driven by motion that are completely the opposite of what they want the public to believe. Affordable Care Act, Inflation Recovery Act. Look at what happened to Peter Navarro, who is an advisor to President Trump, shackled and strip searched while trying to catch a plane. I've got more on that. And you want to know who the mole is in Trump's camp? Well, he's been there for a while. We'll talk about that as well. He ignored a subpoena, but lived right by the FBI. He even gave them his attorney's phone number. Criminals who are murdering or robbing people aren't even being treated like this. Democrats knew they were going to get Biden into office no matter what. That's why the media kept asking President Trump, if you lose, will you leave the White House? Pelosi specifically started that talking point. It concerns me when I heard it, Eddie thinking it was a rather odd statement. They were intentionally building a false scenario to cover their tracks and keep anyone from looking into voter fraud. I just gave an entire hour, the first hour of the program on exactly all of that. They put up fencing around the White House to give the impression of an insurrection coming. Why? If Biden had so many votes, the largest in history, yet when? Trump previously offered his National Guards. President Pelosi declined his offer. She wasn't worried, but instead anticipated January 6th. Hollywood set up of an insurrection. The Swamp's tyrannical overreach is their way of trying to instill fear and bully we the people into submission, and they're doing it now. I had a friend tell me in person that she doesn't want to text or receive anything political on her phone. I refuse to live in fear. If we do, they will win. That can't happen. Losing isn't an option. The Democrats are so desperate that they are. Financially backing underdog Republican candidates like Karen Bedoni, by the way, which is very important. So their opponent has a better chance of winning. It's an alarming. It's alarming that they are trying to buy a win rather than run a campaign based upon what they will do for their constituents. That's exactly what the political sphere is all about. You got a good first hour on that. We touched upon everything and how that how it sets up and why people need to come together on how the tar and feathering of Donald Trump, on how the now increasing approval ratings of Joe Biden, on how Arizona's fighting back and doesn't wanna become New Mexico. They see what we're doing and they're deciding to go ahead and close the gap on the wall. How they're gonna decide to go ahead and empower. It's a a three-pronged attack, folks. It's taxes. They want you to say that you're against the 87,000 IRS agents who are gonna show up at your door with deadly force, apparently. I guess they uh, pulled down. I don't know if you guys saw the uh, job description. I'm sure you're floating it around somewhere. And then on top of that, they're going to go after Donald Trump's taxes. Tax fraud trial set for October 24th, jury selection. They're going to go after them. Then it's the J6, of course. And then, of course, it's the FBI invasion to tell you that Donald Trump is going to go to jail. We're talking about an indictment as they remove... His passports today, according to the Daily Caller. And that's Yeah, yeah. He's he's sure that he's, was right around the He's corner. gonna make a run for it, right? Like a like a like a third world banana republic. He
1: wouldn't be noticed anywhere on the globe. I mean
0: do they, they are they try did they set up the Sri Lankan uh, situation there for exactly that reason? You know, bring in all the green new energy deal, bring in all the other stuff, and then all of a sudden, hey, your, your, your president, the guy who's the despot, he picked up and he left. That's not what's gonna happen. But Todd Starnes actually had a little something to say about this. And I gave this some thought over the weekend. Sometimes I think that people put out news for clicks. And other times I'm like, well, maybe there's something legitimate there. And since I know Todd and I trust the man, and I know that he was driven out of Fox News, literally driven out of Fox News, you were no longer allowed to be here, Todd Starnes. You're gone. For something that he said that uh, i probably say five days out of five <laughs> every day of the week. The FBI will arrest former President Donald Trump on national television. They're going to go full OJ on Trump. They're going to go full OJ on Trump to ensure that he doesn't run in 2024. That's according to Todd Starnes. He said it on his show. He commented on how Biden administration has weaponized the DOJ against his political opponents. Mark my words. Starn said, there will be a moment when President Trump is giving one of his big speeches somewhere and the FBI will storm the stage. Remember that? Do you remember the time when, you know, somebody started storming the stage and Donald Trump had his guys and, you know, he, he spread his arms. He didn't know where to go, what to do. He was waiting for his guys to come in. They will arrest the president on national television and drag him away in a national spectacle. That's how all of this will end up. Mark my words on that. All of this is meant to embarrass and humiliate Donald Trump and to ensure that he never runs for office again. That's what this is all about.
2: When is this civil war supposed to happen?
0: Could a civil war happen without a bullet being fired? Are we already in the midst of a civil war? Can you imagine after stealing the election from Donald Trump with 18.5% more votes than what Hillary Clinton got? Remember, she won the national public vote. Then it wasn't enough, right? This is why they want to get rid of the Republican, uh, excuse me, the Electoral College. 72% of the states are already there, folks. These these guys never, the Democrats, as I told you to call them, or communists, never take their eyes off the ball. They're committed. They will follow through. They're up all night, all morning. They don't lose any energy when it comes to their commitment. We as Republicans, I'm just asking you to stay together for 85, 90 days. Just to stay together for this long. Because if you can show the rest of the country that you can get rid of Michelle Lujan Grisham and Donald Trump can be successful in protecting himself to the extent that he can, then just maybe, just maybe we hold on to the republic. Maybe, just maybe we get to 250 years. Maybe, just maybe your kids will live in a better place than you did. May you live in interesting times. You always hear that being thrown out, right? What could be more interesting than bringing uh, Adam Schiff, Jamie Raskin, Melanie Stansbury, Teresa uh, Fernanda Leger? Leger Fernandez to a man that no one's even heard of, Gabe Vasquez, to beat Yvette Harrell. They're pulling out all the stops. Why can't the Republicans be that committed? We have never had bigger foes. This is truly David versus versus Goliath. David picked up a stone and he slung it. We've got the stones. Ha <laughs> ha, they don't. Will you stay and fight? Well, I think the time is now, and I think you can do it. If you can stop thinking about yourself, if just for one moment. Because Donald Trump didn't argue about them filing motions to unseal the search warrant. He didn't have any problem with that whatsoever. But if they confiscated his passports, then there's no, re- no reason to think that they didn't do that today. And maybe if you could hold the line for Donald Trump and the rest of the Republicans all the way through the uh, end of the election here, just this year, we've got a chance. I mean, Laura Ingram is now turning her back after this. And let me tell you something. This will be said on no other radio station in the entire country than what I'm saying right here, right now. Who was Donald Trump's attorney? A man by the name of Pat Cipollini. Laura Ingram is practically best friends with Pat Cipollini. He had a direct she has a direct main line into Donald Trump's people. Ingram, a longtime Trump ally, made comments on Fox News to Lisa Booth and her podcast. Donald Trump's been a friend of mine for 25 years, she says, and I'm always very open about this on my show. But we'll see whether that the what the country truly wants. The country, I think, is so exhausted, they're exhausted by the battle, the constant battle, that they may believe that, well, maybe it's time to turn the page if we can get someone who has all Trump's policies. Who's not Trump, right? Ingram said on The Truth with Lisa Booth. Is she waiting for a renewal over at Fox News? Or maybe she has had conversations with Mr. Cipollini. Now, I believe that any conversations between her and Mr. Cipollini versus Mr. Cipollini and Donald Trump, I think are those subjected to attorney-client privilege? I believe that Laura Ingram has a JD. Hmm. She's sort of tipping her hand here, maybe about what she knows from Mr. Cipollini. If Mr. Cipollini, Pat Cipollini, father of 10 or 8 or whatever it is, Decide to go ahead and flip on Donald Trump. Well, then that's the leak that just breaks down the entire dam. The other concern, she states, and I don't have a position on this one way or another, but the other problem is that it's really not about Trump, right? This is about the views that Trump now brought to the floor, the Republican Party. The timing of that statement, in my opinion, politically couldn't be worse. 90 days in, this was the time to go ahead and say, this is an injustice that's being committed upon. 45, our last president. You don't have to be, DeSantis isn't coming out and endorsing Trump. But DeSantis came out immediately and defended Donald Trump and said that the Department of Justice is being weaponized just like every other Republican who's worth their salt came out and stated. They don't like his views. These people think that the American way of life is moral and it doesn't really matter in the end if it's Trump making the populist conservative points. But whether it's DeSantis, I respectfully, Laura Ingram, disagree with that. It does matter. Just like I told you, branding, right? Joe Arpaio. You have to think about branding. Just about branding. What do you think about Ron Keddy? You got to help build that brand. Name recognition. What does it stand for? What is it going for? What does it represent? And Donald Trump, now on the victim side of things, shouldn't be getting catching this type of flack from Laura Ingram. in my opinion. This is just bad, bad timing. I'm going to fire off an email to her and let her know that. Maybe she might be having one too many cocktails with Mr. Cipollini. I don't know. I'm going to respect her because we had her on the radio program for six plus years. She was good for the station. And I like Laura. But I don't like what she said here. And this is post-FBI, this is post-J6, but we're going back and remember J6 trial September, tax documents for the tax fraud case for Donald Trump's in October. This is all about Donald Trump. He was there for you. I know he wasn't good on the VACs. I know he wasn't good on the bailouts and I know he wasn't good on the shutdowns. But at this point, given what he's had to endure, you should definitely have his back because that is you, understand that. It's just way too much, I think, to take in. Now, I've got to talk about the mole in Donald Trump's camp. And I'm not happy about this because so all makes too much sense. This goes on the grand stage, the Henry Kissinger and the World Economic Forum. <laughs> Stateofthenation.co, Trump raid-smoking guns, Pottingers planted plots. A little-known deputy national security aide is the key to the Trump FBI warrant. You ever heard of that name, Pottinger? Doubt? Ring a bell? (laughs) Donald Trump suspects planted evidence in the raid of Mar-a-Lago. Watch every piece of this makes sense. This is George Webb, by the way. George Webb Task Force, Orange Journal, okay? Got to look at this. And if Trump learned who took out Nixon, he would have no problem figuring out who is undermining him. Stan Pottinger, Henry Kissinger's hatchet man, took out Richard Nixon. Now his son, Matt, is taking out Trump's bid for re-election. In October of 2021, I did a series of news shows on a little-known U.S. Department diplomat named Matt Pottinger, that had joined Donald Trump's national security team as a deputy advisor for Peter Navarro. Peter Navarro, remember, they didn't let him get get on that plane. They brought him in. He was hanging out with Steve Bannon. Steve Bannon also got taken in. They've been trying to get every single person to turn on Donald Trump. To my to my knowledge, neither Navarro, neither Bannon, and uh, what what's the other guy's uh, the the first guy that was brought in by the FBI. Is escaping me. Matt Pottinger had joined Donald Trump's National Security team as deputy advisor for Peter Navarro. I had profiled Pottinger as the Kissinger kid because his father, Stanley Pottinger, was the key man in coming up with Deep Throat in the Watergate affair. And let me tell you why I'm talking about this. Because I don't want you to get bogged down in details. I want you to understand how this happened so that we are not wasting hours upon hours in conservative talk radio whining bitching, moaning, complaining about the FBI invading Donald Trump. If you understand and you read enough, then you won't have an emotional reaction. You'll understand that there's a reason behind all this and how this happens. The thing they want to make you feel is they want to make you feel like you have no power and that you have to react in an emotional, infantile way. You know, violence. Yelling, screaming, whatever it takes. If you can think your way through this, folks, then you won't spend the endless hours and you'll have it set in your mind and you can move forward. This will add a lot of clarity to all of that. Matt Pottinger that had joined Donald Trump's national security team for Peter Navarro. I had profiled Matt Pottinger as the Kissinger kid because his father Pottinger was the key man in coming up with Deep Throat in the Watergate affair to take out Richard Nixon as president with Mark Felt of the FBI. Again, my old metadata rule was in effect: if your father takes out a president, <clears throat> let me let me say this even slower. This impacted me, having just recently been in Dallas. That's right, right there on Elm Street, the nightmare on Elm Street. If your father takes out a president, the son is likely to be called on to do the same thing. Lyndon LaRouche had outed the connection between Kissinger and hatchet man Pottinger, Stanley Pottinger, in one of his executive intelligence briefings decades ago. EIR investigation headlined out, a Bush-Kissinger defector tells of the plot versus LaRouche. <laughs> so you didn't exactly have to be a Washington, D.C. Sherlock Holmes to ask yourself, so when is Kissinger going to have Matt Prottinger take out Donald Trump? Pottinger even wrote a book about getting President Bush's Nazi bioweapons scientists into our national laboratories with the help of then Vice President Richard Nixon. What does the last Nazi have? uh, What does the last Nazi do to the world? Starts a worldwide pandemic, then institute a set of rules to put the Third Reich back in power. Sound familiar, Klaus Schwab? I described in my last Substack whose files were left at Mar-a-Lago, how Matt Pottinger suppressed information the U.S. Department had about the Wuhan lab link until after the Chinese New Year celebration on January 25th, 2020. And Pottinger made sure he maintained a travel loophole for Chinese students to enter the US event after, that's Matt, recommending a travel ban for everyone else coming back from China. The Associated Press published an article that 8,000 Chinese residents from Hong Kong and Macau, remember those were the very first place and what was happening in Hong Kong and Macau. Specifically in in Hong Kong, is those pro-democracy protests that were happening. Macau, we happen to know it as the Las Vegas of the uh, East Asia, were exempted from the China travel ban, which took effect February 2nd. The New York Times went much higher in their estimates and brought the first quarter of 2020, cranking the number all the way to 430,000 with 40,000 entries occurring after the China travel ban. I have attributed most of these entries as Chinese students entering within the U.S. Pottinger travel loophole. Even though Trump instituted the China travel ban on February 2nd, It seemed most of the damage had been already done to 390,000 travelers before the ban took effect, with the most damage being done by the Chinese New Year celebration travelers on January 25th, 2020. Most Americans remember Pelosi actively encouraging young people to travel to San Francisco's Chinatown for the 25th, 2020 Chinese New Year celebration. But back at the White House, Matt Pottinger already had word from the US State Department that another quote unquote 1918 flu was coming United States way on January 14th, 11 days before 2020. He was first made aware of the new coronavirus after China's CDC director called U.S. CDC director Robert Redfield to report it on January 3rd, 2020. According to Pottinger, he grew increasingly alarmed to the rumors he saw on Chinese social media's right reports. He was struck by the disparity between the official accounts of the novel coronavirus in China, which scarcely mentioned the disease, and Chinese social media, which was aflame with rumors and anecdotes. Pottinger therefore authorized the first interagency meeting on the coronavirus based on these social media reports. There was no official intelligence to prompt the meeting. On the 14th of January, Pottinger authorized a briefing for the NSC staff by the State Department and the Department of Health and Human Services, along with CDC Director Redfield. The first interagency meeting to discuss the situation in Wuhan wasn't prompted by official intelligence. In fact, there was no intelligence at the time. Therefore, you can only assume Pottinger was leading all of this. He was concerned enough to break protocol. He called a national security meeting with the CDC, Director Redfield, and HHS Secretary Alex Azar, who was removed, of course, with his involvement after Epstein. But nobody bothered to call House Speaker Nancy Pelosi to stop promoting single mingling of the Chinese New Year celebration almost 10 days later. In fact, Pottinger, CDC Director Redfield, and Secretary Azar waited until after the Chinese New Year was over to tell President Trump of the impending doom. This is the single greatest national security crisis of your presidency, and it's now unfolding, O'Brien told the president. It's going to be 1918, Pottinger told Trump. Holy F, the president replied. But two days after Pottinger's silence over Pelosi's Chinese New Year celebration promotions, Pottinger was telling the president this coming pandemic would be as big as the 1918 flu that killed from 20 to 50 million, depending upon whose estimates you read. Pottinger is the zealot of coronaviruses. SARS broke out in the hotel, in his hotel in Hong Kong, one floor below him in 2003 in Pottinger's hotel in 2003. His brother, Paul, did the non-CDC coronavirus test kit in January of 2020, which he suspiciously delayed distribution until well into the travel bin. His wife, Yann Pottinger, did the HIV test kit with none other than Deborah Birx, the scarf lady. Pottinger also recommended Birx as the national spokeswoman for the coronavirus pandemic. And this crisis gave Pottinger access to Mar-a-Lago for coronavirus emergency meetings with the president. Folks, it's like I'm reading everything in that FBI docket right there. And that's why Matt Pottinger can describe exactly where the classified material is in the 15 boxes of old notes at Trump's Mar-a-Lago. Matt Pottinger planted them there. FBI search warrants require detailed knowledge of the exact location of classified files, which only Pottinger or Navarro could, could have provided. He worked for Navarro under Trump. Oh, yeah, and his father wrote a book about taking down a U.S. congressman with planted medical files. Matt Pottinger's planted planted plot has been exposed. 550-5500, that's 550-5500. Before I read that, this morning, I spent about an hour and a half of reading up on this guy who is remarkably accurate on things. This was published two days ago. George Webb is the guy's name. You can follow him wherever you can get it. And you can see pictures of Matt Pottinger. He's exactly what you think he looks like. I don't know, Dowd. Quick thoughts on how that got orchestrated and and brought in. Uh, I got to tell you, uh, it, it shook me reading that as a blueprint for the setup of a president as the president exclaims, holy F.
1: Uh, Well, Eddie, I'm unaware of this this Substack journalist you're you're referencing here, so I can't comment on his work, but I certainly can comment on the Brownstone Institute's work because they are a great, great organization with a lot of credibility. Mm -hmm. Uh, The son of a leading Department of Justice official, Stanley Pottinger, and so there might be some repetition here. uh, The son, Matt, graduated with a degree in Chinese studies in 1998 before going to work as a journalist in China for seven years where he reported on topics including the original SARS. This is interesting. In 2005, Pottinger unexpectedly left journalism and obtained an age waiver to join the U.S. Marine Corps. Uh, Over several tours in Iraq and Afghanistan, Pottinger, younger Matt, became a decorated intelligence officer, spook, and met General Michael Flynn, who later appointed him. By spook, you mean
0: FBI agent?
1: Yeah, well, uh, member of the intelligence. Okay. Uh, Whatever, 17 different departments in the intelligence community. Uh, General Michael Flynn later appointed him to the National Security Council. Pottinger was originally in line to be China director, but Flynn gave him the more senior job of Asia director. Uh, He outlasted uh, Mr. Pottinger, many others in Trump's White House. In September 2019, named Deputy National Security Advisor, second only to National Security Advisor Robert O'Brien. That's the O'Brien that Eddie just mentioned. Known as a China hawk, so I dislike him already. But a smart and a sophisticated one, Uh, he's been ahead of the curve in calling out China's increasingly aggressive geopolitical stance, articulating this challenge with near-perfect eloquence. Uh, Up to his neck in Rona policymaking, he's portrayed as a leading protagonist in three different pro-lockdown books on America's response to COVID-19. The Plague Year by the New Yorker magazine's Lawrence Wright. Nightmare Scenario by the Washington Post, Yasmin uh, Mm Abutaleb, and Chaos Under Heaven by the Washington Post, Josh Rogan. Pottinger's singularly outsized role in pushing for alarm, shutdowns, mandates, and science from China in the early months of COVID is extremely well documented. Uh, Thank you for bringing this to my attention, Eddie. This is something I really need to follow up
0: on. Yeah, I think uh, if we're talking about the origins and following this stuff, I think this is something where you got to validate. but. I uh, everything that I tried to punch holes in, you know, I would do about a three or four hole punch. You probably go a lot deeper than I do, but I couldn't get through. And then rest is instinctual. And uh, I think there you go. Bob's your Well, The only
1: thing I'd add was just when he quit on January 6th, of course, the mainstream media fell madly in love with him. Uh, Vox, things are going well for Pottinger. That subject matter expertise, plus the patina afforded by resigning on January 6th, has helped him, a former journalist, expertly navigate the post-Trump landscape. Um. Ooh, there's a lot to not like about this guy. Oh, and, uh, he uh, needs to be on my radar.
0: Must off, uh, you just need to look at him to tell him he's the kind of person I would uh, kick the living you-know-what out of. So we'll just uh, go ahead right, and I'll, say I'll that. have
1: uh, notes on this long piece uh, in the notes for the uh, subscribers tonight.
0: Back after a quick break here in the Kiva 532. Two long opens here to kick things off, but we're giving you a lot of good information. Back and forth. Thanks for listening. Oh, <laughs> you Everybody is talking, and uh, maybe they just don't know what they're talking about. Uh, they try to make noise, they say they have something to say, and uh, they, they really don't. They haven't read. Um, I don't know two people who read more now that I'm reading a lot more and I'm not as busy doing all the other things that I'm doing. I can tell you, I, I just once I start reading, it's a it's one thing I can be obsessive about. I'm obsessive about everything. What am I saying, Doubt? Um, by the way, happy birthday to Doubt tomorrow. Uh, I'm not gonna let him forget his um he's going out with a bang with this show uh, ladies and gentlemen this is a big one uh so we're dropping a lot on you guys and these are all embracing it and uh thank you for that if you think we uh don't know what we're talking about well just listen to this guy apparently he's uh <laughs> this is kind of crazy he is an expert he's go he's got top secret clearance classification he knows what's their perspective on FBI investigation of former President Trump. See, this is all to get you to really solidify what you already don't know. I mean, if all you're paying attention is snippets, sound bites, and, you know, what your brother-in-law, father-in-law, father, daughter, whoever is telling you information. Well, they probably got it wrong. And here's the FBI investigation uh, from Mar-a-Lago for uh, KOB Channel 4. Joshua Kastenberg, UNM law professor, Dowd. He's a, he's a smart man, don't you know? Don't you? Brilliant. Yeah, but he really—I'm knows- sure
1: if it's UNM law, he's—he uh, has all sorts of universal perspectives. He can argue any side of the case. He's going to give you the most objective assessment he mm. can possibly give,
0: right? Yeah, I would—I would think so. I mean, this is the guy, a University of New Mexico law, the very uh, pro-republican uh, law school. Um, <laughs> it's sad. Uh, what else can I say? He uh, apparently has been part of declassifying the documents at the Pentagon. He had a top secret clearance while working in the field of cyber warfare. Mm. Was he at Black Hat in Vegas uh, recently? Uh, probably not. So I doubt uh, he's on the cutting, bleeding edge. The of, hackathon. Yeah, the hackathon. Yeah. Hackashak. Hackashak. Doubt. Um, uh, I got to say, wh- why would this be put in? Why do we need to hear from him? And uh, do you think that there's any validity to actually him, you know, being a part of whatever is was happening over at Mar-a-Lago and the FBI?
1: Yeah, I mean, this is just, just straight up irres- just laziness and irresponsibility on the part of uh, of Kob. This guy is an Obamaite uh, liberal Democrat, UNM law professor, and I'm sorry for all the redundancies I strung together in that last sentence, or phrase. There, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, um, he's kind of a media whore too. He he's gotten uh, notice everything from right here Albuquerque Journal to the BBC World News. Oh, um, very,
0: muy famoso.
1: And it's it's very annoying because Mr. his Customers. his media page run by the university doesn't actually link to the actual articles it's just complicated i'm mm. trying to make get through all of this uh there's a quote it's absolutely devastating that's the quote addressing the capitol hill riots u.s capital violence aftermath experts weigh in on u.s capital insurrection aftermath uh he, a lot of trump stuff uh the Ahmad arbery verdict which is uh. Uh, do uh, you wonder where he came down on that? Uh, you know, and uh, business leaders react to Supreme Court blocking vaccine mandate. This guy gets around uh, when it comes to media. So Kob uh, asked his perspective, and we could predict what he what was going to be said. Uh, "Quote: We're talking about a risk to national security at a variety of different possible levels." Uh, did you really think this guy was going to be objective about Donald Trump? Eddie, I have no problem with any journalist anywhere in America consulting a liberal expert, if. They balance it with at least one other perspective, and I wouldn't even agree that it's just red or, red or blue. I mean, some people are somewhere in between or way out even further on the fringes. What you want to do as a journalist, if you claim to be a journalist, is present as many perspectives as possible, link to the CVs of the experts you're quoting, so people, if you want to go on and further investigate where these people are coming from, they can. Uh, this guy's been on KOB a lot. He's gotten a lot of uh, of attention from this local television station. All during
0: Donald Trump's uh, everything that is marked. It's uh, very Trump's noticeable. Trump's been good business for the Professor Castenberg. The only thing Kastenberg, that he's yes, been yes. focused on is tearing down Donald Trump. Uh, to say that he hates Donald Trump is an understatement. Yeah. yeah. Uh, literally, President Trump's missile strike on Syrian airfield, April 11th. Let, let's just read. Yep. The Stolen Valor Act. Uh, let's all see. back to 2017. U.S. elections, BBC. Mm-hmm. Uh, UNM legal expert breaks down the judge's decision to hold alleged rapists in pretrial detention. So no doubt advocating for the uh, red light, green light uh, uh, view of justice. This man has a B.A. from the UCLA at uh, 1989 at uh, Purdue University, an M.A. in 92, a J.D. at Marquette in 96, And then no doubt, uh, probably interfacing a lot with the School of Foreign Service. Uh, Talk about Spook Central. Uh, There you go. The Spook Central Georgetown University Law Center with a master's in law in uh, 2003. And then um, he's got to be tied directly to the intelligence community. Um, Again, uh, folks, I got to tell you, uh, no place has more FBI's per capita than the city of Albuquerque and certainly the state uh, overall. So I think he's directly uh, connected to all of that uh, doubt. So. Uh, This is just propaganda that's being put out. Here's his quote. We're talking about a risk to national security at a variety of different possible levels. Here's what wasn't stated. They did not state exactly what they were looking for, which you have to actually have the warrant for. So this man who has a Lee and Leon Carolitz professor in evidence and procedure You might want to think about how that warrant was issued, uh, Mr. Kastenberg, as opposed to uh, should we refer to him as uh, Master Kastenberg (laughs) with the Masters of Law? I know they love. Uh, I'm surprised he doesn't go by Esquire. You know, some of these guys uh, like to treat their law degrees like that. KOB could have done a service. There are
1: national security professionals from the right in this in this community and in the era of Zoom. Even if you couldn't find one in this community, community, you could easily get somebody to Zoom in from D.C., the Northeast, the West Coast, whatever, and have a point-counterpoint discussion with two experts coming from different perspectives. But when you only present, you say, oh, we're going to contact our local expert you're really committing journalistic malpractice because there are a variety of perspectives on all sto- on a story like this. And you could have really elucidated this and had these guys going at each other instead of just saying, well, we trust this guy. He's our expert in here. It's very irresponsible. It's not journalism.
0: So you did, um, last night, uh, you know, I mean you, you did just say something about Obama and then something I've been saying a lot, and I'm going to get to this tomorrow. So, I know that this is all about 2024, but you have to think about the other side of things because everything's election. We're constantly now in an election cycle. When we're using the FBI, CIA, any of these other organizations, they're still thinking about the election. That's more than two and a half years from now. I stated to you earlier about Michelle Obama, about how she is going to be your nominee. There are now other people that are saying that. Right on cue and expect her to go ahead and become, according to them, right? Just like Hillary Clinton was going to become the first female president. Now, expect Michelle Obama to become the first female president if a Democrat is elected in 2024. There's almost nothing stopping her from becoming the nominee. She's behind the White House. She's doing everything that, Mich- excuse me, um, uh, Joe Biden did doing everything that Hillary Clinton did, did everything that Barack Obama did. And we're going to get to that report. And this guy's name is Joel Silver. And he comes out and he does like a little 10 minute thing on this whole thing. And I looked at him like, oh my gosh, he's saying exactly what he's saying. And I went back and I looked at all the things that he's providing as evidence. I'm like, thank you. I appreciate you validating that. And on the bringing in the progressives, I told you Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, there's your one, two punch. That's what we're up against. that's what we're competing against right now. name recognition, likability, meme culture with the uh, the cool factor uh plus the ethnicity uh and the female aspect, if you will, with all the woke ideology you could want I mean talk about an a bomb going off in the political world that is it so they they're not so secure and and I don't know if anybody knows this uh, the 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 Obamas live in, uh, they still live in Washington, D.C. They have never left Washington, D.C. Not
1: Martha's Vineyard,
0: okay. No, they live in a place called, it starts with a K, Calorum, Calorum. I don't know, it's like this very uppity, I, I think I went through there on my scooter up by the National Cathedral, <laughs> my scooter, a scooter, <laughs> when I was uh, up uh, in D.C. back in uh, April, and I was going through all this, like, it is a, a who's who of, of places uh, to live at. And yeah, their home is worth about $8 million. Nine bedrooms, eight bathrooms, Kamalura, I don't know what it's called. Anyway, it's the the suburb there in D.C. The Obamas have never left Washington, D.C. They're all there. So I think it's a little something to pay attention to going forward and why all this, you know, means so much and why they need to do what they're doing right now with Donald Trump. Because... Donald Trump, again, is on the ballot regardless of whether or not you like it, okay? He is backing his candidates. They want to make sure that they can pull in as much oomph from each of the trump oh, back candidates. Yeah,
1: Calorama, yeah, of course. Do you know that place? Yeah, oh, yeah, sure, oh, Okay. Sure.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's very uppity. I got
1: it all. I got, you know, Rock Creek Park and Anacostia and Georgetown. I like Rock Creek. I like
0: going over the bridge there. That's pretty cool.
1: That's where that poor girl was killed by not it was. not the not, congressman. Not by the Congressman. I know that's how we remember it, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. Right. But a Im- illegal immigrant was
0: convicted of that girl's murder. Okay. It was not the congressman. Yeah, so was the, don't he, sue me. What was the <laughs> name what was the guy she was having an affair Gary with? Gary Condit. Condit California that's right,
1: yeah. Uh, congressman. Yeah. That happened about what a month or two before nine eleven and then everybody obviously forgot about that. And and years later they arrested an illegal immigrant. I think they had DNA on him. They had him dead to rights, but Gary Condit never really uh I think he's selling real estate or cars in Northern California somewhere. He never really recovered from.
0: What time does Better Saul call go off tonight? Ooh.
1: Nine or ten,
0: probably tonight. Uh, finale time. Okay. Get this. See, I'm so ready to talk about myself that we never even... I was on national news today, folks. There it is. Uh, 7 p.m., so we got an hour. Okay. <laughs> so you guys are all getting your little... Uh, Saw sort to of crash your Black Panther party. <laughs> So, here it is, uh, folks. Read them and uh, weep. Uh, I, don't know, I don't want to read the article in its entirety. Can you share it on the notes? Sure. Okay. down to get everybody sure. uh, over there. I think that would be good. And- I've
1: already tweeted it out to everyone. When a liberal this morning informed me of the existence of this, of this piece, a, a, a woman who was a progressive, Cynthia something, she said, well, I normally, I'm a progressive and I normally disagree with Eddie Aragon, but I agree with him on this.
0: Well, uh, yeah, okay. So, uh, Breaking Bad actor says Americans should STFU about gas prices if they love capitalism so much. I, I can't wait to talk about this guy. This guy I threw out of my radio station. He was grabbing all the freebies. Did I tell you that? I remember hearing it, but I don't yeah, the I told details. you this. Yeah, so this this guy, um, I forget his name. I don't know he was the one who got sh- he was uh, Gomi's partner. Gomi's partner. Right. Yeah, Gomi's partner. Sh-
1: Hank Schrader. Right. He was the wife, Hank of, Crater, yeah. he was the
0: brother-in-law of Heisenberg. Yeah. The woman who he was, he was uh, husband. He was the, he was the agent, the dumb agent the whole time. He's never going to get Dean Norris. There it, there it is. You're not getting robbed at the pump. You're paying a fair market price for a commodity. If you love capitalism so much then STFU. Well, I told him to STFU and, you know, get to uh, GTFO. <laughs> <laughs> and he did. So, um, the tweet garnered more than 7,200 retweets, 66,000 likes as of Sunday morning. The tweet also garnered some pushback from people who pointed out that Norris is wealthy. There he is with uh, Mike Stephen Michael Quesada. Hey. Joker, what's up, Joker? What's happening? 19th Annual Screen Actors Guild in L.A. Easy to say when you have a net worth of $5 Norris social media post comes as Americans are seeing record high gas prices. National average for a gallon of gas sits at 498 according to AAA. Norris lives in California, where gas is the most expensive at $640 a gallon. No doubt he has an electric vehicle. Cheapest gas for a country is in Georgia, where the Peach Fit residents are seeing an average of 448. This time a year ago, we were at 370 AAA national uh, average. So more than twice that much uh, before the year's national, national highest gas price ever was $4.14 back in July of 2008. So Sharp Rise in gasoline prices, not driven only by rising oil prices, but an unprecedented Disconnect between the price of oil and the price of gas, the president's letters read. So, no doubt we know where he is on on things. So, I threw him out, couldn't stand him. He was all about the, 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 uh, what do you call it, freeloading. Okay. He's freeloading. And that's what these guys are doing. And so, I was at CPAC and these guys stopped me, like, Oh, you're from Albuquerque? I said, Yeah. Well, we want to talk to you. I said, Okay. So, started talking to them. And then it turned into like a two hour conversation with uh, video interviews and everything. And it's on, national Fox news
1: a, a very svelte Eddie Aragon by the way wow. if you look at the pictures in the video
0: really yeah Eddie I didn't looks, watch the video yet quite how's the video yeah, yeah all right. got gonna do that uh, can you send me the video real quick I'll just I'll play it for us I'll uh, just do that. let me just
1: see how long it is I like, did they I don't Damn. know how did they how, you said you were with them for a long time
0: I was with them a long time they recorded yeah. like 15 minutes worth of stuff they were asking me for other things too uh we were also talking about uh crime in Albuquerque Etc. So the whole the whole article is a literally three
1: minutes twenty six
0: seconds. Oh, let's uh, let's play it. Shoot that over. Shoot yep. that bad boy over to me. It is on its way. Better Call Saul wraps up after six seasons. Breaking Bad universe about the Albuquerque's cartel fueled ring and underbelly of New Mexico's most populated city. A plot that is a little too close to home for some residents. Albuquerque based conservative talk radio host Eddie Aragon, who has run for mayor of the city, believes the average American doesn't realize how closely fictional franchise mirrors reality. I think what you saw on Breaking Bad should be a documentary, honestly. I think really that is the reality of New Mexico. We try to say it's fictional, but it is the reality. The Justy Pinkman, the Heisenbergs, the man who is running everything Gus Fring, and the way that they're bringing it from New Mexico, from Mexico, is exactly the way it is right now. So we've joked that it should be on PBS. That is unfortunately the reality. The Rock of Talk host Eddie Aragon told Fox News at CPAC that the show's portrayal of crime and drugs is the city's true to reality. Breaking Bad show ran on AMC from 2008 to 2013 and depicted terminally ill high school chemistry, blah, blah, blah. Heisenberg is now depicted larger than life bronze statue in Albuquerque, alongside actor Aaron Paul's Jesse Pinkman, White's former student who becomes his blah, blah, blah. The rise, Quick uh, Cracking Ethics Challenge attorney, Bob Odenkirk, Saul Goodman, Saul Goodman, hasn't received his own statue yet, but landed the spin off AMC series, Better Call Saul, in 2015. Uh, let's see. Late last month, Cranston and Paul were honored by the city when the bronze 500-pound statues were unveiled at Albuquerque Convention Center. Both actors, along with the show creators and a slew of Better Call Saul actors, attended the ceremony. They have made appearances on Better Call Saul, which takes place before and after the events of Breaking Bad, and no doubt, I believe, will be in tonight's episode. I, I would imagine hmm. they got to be because it's uh, you know transferring forward. I guess I don't really know how it how it all works. Oh yeah, there it is. Did you send me? Oh look! Wow, that's a that's a, that's not bad. This is the first time I'm <laughs> looking at this, so uh, hopefully this isn't going to run with a bunch of ads. It, it no doubt is. Um, it, it's yeah. got to. Any
1: big media outlet like Fox you're going to uh, watch we, ads. We need thirty on.
0: second ads <laughs> and everything. I actually look like I cleaned up that day. Uh, so that. Was, jacket
1: on. He's he's really representing the, the five hundred five pretty well. Oh wow, Dow. I'm
0: going to take that as a total and complete compliment. So there we go. All right, here it goes. It's a oh what's his name is like what's the uh the funny fat guy the golfer on um on the office he's looking pretty spelt these days himself so there it is let's see if we can uh bring this in that's a long ad so it must have a lot of clicks better call Saul conservatives irked uh here it is let's let's take a listen so I drag this out there is I Not the best audio. Let's see. Let's see if we plug this back in a little bit better. And, and even during the pandemic, we had some historical, of real huh. figures. So uh, people who founded Albuquerque, people who founded New Mexico. Well, before... oh, there you go. We're, I'm not going to play that. The audio is uh, too crummy for me. What do you think? I don't, I'm not, not going to play that. But, I'll have um, a link. Tonight. Okay. There you go. We'll do that. So, All right. There we go. Hour three. We're going to talk about why the world is lazy. Well, you guys all. Uh, Do your final laziness uh, coming out of the uh, pandemic. Did you ever watch any Better Call Saul, Dale?
1: Uh, Yes, I am caught up, and I can't watch it tonight because I buy it through the iTunes store, so they don't give it to you till 24 hours later. I actually think Better Call Saul is better than Breaking Bad. Really? Um, Because I've been a big Odenkirk fan. Having said that, they... um, I hate them all because they're ripping off the New Mexico taxpayer. So I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not a hypocrite on this. So it, is, it is awful, awful, awful. And maybe in the next hour, ladies and gentlemen, we can talk about a Republican who said something incredibly stupid in this Fox piece. Oh. Eddie Eddie represented himself very, very well, but I'll an elected you... Republican
0: made an ass of himself and I'm not letting it go. Okay. We'll, we'll kick the, off, uh, the doubt, uh, <laughs> the data download, the doubt. I'm 50. Data I can do whatever I want. There now. we go. We'll do that when we return. Thanks everybody for tuning in. On AM 1600KIVABQ.FM, rockoftalk.com. Hour three, you and me, and the Dowd makes three for the final time at 49. I can't hear a
2: word you say. I'm talking loud, not saying much. I'm criticizing how we are, but let Shoot me down, but I
0: give up. I'm
2: well nothing to lose. Fire away, fire away. Ricochet, you take your rain. Fire away, fire away. Shoot me down. (laughs) I don't look at your
0: Five hundred and five with more four hundred and eleven here for your third hour. I am an Irigant on the Rock of Talk on AM sixteen hundred kivabq.fm Yep, that's what you want to do, soft and lazy, because you want to turn it on and put turn on your Better Call cell if that's the reality that you want. You loved it so much, you asked for more murders, and you got it. And just in case some of you who don't know what that uh, song's about, I, I grew up on. Natalie Merchant and 10,000 Maniacs. I really feel like we have at least that many here in the city of Albuquerque, if not a lot more. The song is actually about how the media, specifically television, the telly panders to our base instincts by supplying a constant stream of sex and violence. There it is. If the lust and hate is the candy, if blood and love taste so sweet, then we give them what they want. Candy is the images, Merchant says, that keep us watching. It's not good for us, but it's hard to resist. The lyric was written by lead singer Natalie Merchant, and it's particularly incisive. So their eyes are growing lazy because they want to turn it on. So their minds are soft and lazy. Well, hey, give them what they want. That's exactly what the song's about. So I, I think a fitting end to Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul is typified here, and the great interview there of Fox News. I listened to it. You got to watch it. Uh, you can find it at Fox News. It's on the front page, folks, of uh, Fox News. Um, but that's the only thing I want you to read on there. Everything else is crap. <laughs> uh, the music was written by uh, keyboard player Dennis Drew as well. They would often come up with chipper tunes to go with Merchant's cogent lyrics, wrapping her message in a sweet light candy melody. You now, she's woke as F, uh, as you know. Uh, she's all sorts of crazy, by the way. She was literally one of the ten thousand Uh, She was amused when the song started climbing the charts as a song about the media manipulation with a message that clearly wasn't getting through to many listeners. Now, let me—I'm going to say something here that for those of you who are sort of in the you know Trump camp and and Republicans, but if you're a Democrat who converted into a Republican, you know, like I was, you know, like I grew up worshiping you know, John F. Kennedy. Uh, you know, right there next to Jesus Christ was John F. Kennedy. Oh, yeah. Just the way it was. Uh, it,
1: in my grandparents' generation, it was FDR. Yeah, you FDR. didn't even argue.
0: It wasn't a question. You, Catholic, Irish. There it is. Oh, my
1: God, FDR.
0: FDR. Um, we used to have something called culture jamming, and I've noticed that in Republican circles, they're now starting to talk about this a lot. I was listening. Yes, Alex Jones played yesterday, folks, but it wasn't Alex. If Owen Troyer does the show and he only takes calls... I, I, I believe that that's better than Alex talking for two hours. That's where I'm at with Alex right now, just so you know. I believe it's a total and complete waste of time, but I digress, okay? Get back to the song. The song is complete satire, she told The Rolling Stone. They're not typical pop lyrics, and it's very subversive. When 10,000 Maniacs recorded Our Time in Eden, the new merchant was leaving the band, not wanting to leave them in the lurch. She stayed for a year, keeping the news quiet. In their interviews, they said, we all knew that she was leaving during that recording of this song and the album. And it made for quite an enjoyable experience for everybody. And she refused, despite being quite possibly one of the most attractive, like late '80s, early '90s women. Wouldn't you say, Dow? She Yeah, uh, she had the Janessa. The quad irony going. of
1: someone talking about uh, media manipulation of right. people's baser instincts, who leveraged her good looks to. Uh, she's talented too. I, I don't question that. Yeah, but, You yeah. know, she, she she also relied on her looks too. Come on. I think if we look back
0: at that time, you know, uh, Natalie uh, Merchant. I think we look back to that time and see what she was about. It definitely was not mainstream at the time. So she could have made that music, but only because they, I mean, this was the time when you had uh, Mondale and Dukakis getting their asses oh, handed yeah. to them.
1: Remember those? <laughs> remember, remember the time when Republican presidential wins? candidates could get a majority of the popular vote? There was a time, kids. I'm old. I'm 50, but I, even I remember
0: that. Remember when Republicans uh, <laughs> used to vote Republican in this state, and we'd only win CD one every single time without even thinking about it? Remember what Robert Aragon got his ass handed to him by uh, uh, by Schiff? I, I think it was the score was like 70-30, at least. So. Uh, Doubt, you've got the data dump. But before we do that, uh, you, without taking the uh, <coughs> gratuitous uh, uh, Rob Montoya shot, he really tried to bring down the article and the write-up, Doubt, and you were right to get uh, fittingly upset and appreciate you being a team player on this, but uh, this uh, was an attempt to try, to take the uh, oomph out of the article.
1: Folks, people ask me why I'm not a Republican. Um, two, 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 two thoughts pop into my head uh in the last 12 hours or so <clears throat> the las cruces sun news a piece written by algernon de a big left-wing activist disguised as a journalist um event harrell down at the desantis ronchetti event down in carlsbad our our only republican in in congress here in new mexico quote we need more god and less government close quote do you think statements like that, that are surely going to be picked up by a liberal reporter like Algernon Damassa, to put it out there, who also took the time to actually uh, refute a claim she made about illegal immigrants, which I'm sure Algernon, I'm sure, if if a Democrat <laughs> made a made a claim, uh, and you could contrast that with some you know competing perspective, I'm sure you'd do that just as well. I'm sure you'd do that when MLG comes to Las Cruces to campaign. I'm sure you'll you know attempt to refute claims that she makes. So that, leaving leaving that issue aside. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, if you have a religious commitment, that is your business and you are perfectly free to believe and practice exactly what you want. Some of the best human beings I've ever met in my life are religious people. Some of the worst human beings I've ever met in my life are religious people. But leaving that issue aside, politics is about addition, not subtraction. Uh, we are moving toward a much more uh, secular society. You can say it's the worst thing that's ever happened to America. You can say it's the best thing that's ever happened to America. I'm kind of somewhere in the middle. I don't really know. I don't think it's as bad as some people say, but I don't know that it's going to produce great results either. We need more God and less government is not something you want to say at a high profile political rally where the person you're you're running yourself and then the person you're there to rally with is running a neck and neck, you know, within the margin of error Uh, contest against the worst, arguably the worst governor in America. Um, A lot of soccer moms are going to see we need more God and less government. They're not going to like that. Uh, And normally, of course, I don't advocate for squishery. Believe what you're going to believe. But in an election season with a couple months before the election, do you really want to give your opponents more ammunition to say Republicans are crazy theocrats and Bible thumpers and they want women in burkas? You know, that that was a a, colossal leap. Stupid thing for Yvette Harrell to say. Moving on to Eddie's piece at at uh, Fox News. And of course, we'll have a link in the show notes tonight. Another reason you should subscribe. Eddie goes uh, on at length about the problems of our state and our uh, our metro area here and the complete inappropriateness of putting statues of, yes, fictional meth cookers. And I think Eddie more than, more than uh, carried his own weight on that. And I don't need to comment on any of his comments. I'm commenting on someone else rod montoya state republican representative uh quote i'm glad new mexico got the business but really we're going down the road of literally glorifying meth makers i'm glad new mexico got the business by an elected republican endorsing an industry Hollywood that is 99.99999% liberal and gives their money to Democrats, endorsing the political power center of subsidizing Hollywood uh, in in New Mexico called IATSE Local 480, the union troops, there's about 1500, maybe 1700, 1800 of them who go out and work against every Republican in the state. An elected official who in this article seems to be endorsing the idea of taking money from his constituents, some of the least thriving Americans in our country, and handing it to people like Harvey Weinstein. How about this, Rod? How about this, Rod? How about you say uh, this is terrible? These statues terrible for our our, our major metro and our state as well. Uh, while the critics love this show, uh, it has portrayed our state in such a terrible light. We should not be celebrating drug dealers who supply a drug that that hurts. You know that. that supplied to addicts who obviously need uh, help, uh, are having all sorts of mental problems and are self-medicating with very, very dangerous substances. But you know what, Fox News producer? There's something even worse about this. The reason we had Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul in New Mexico is because we have a horrendously corrupt government up at, we call it the Roundhouse up in Santa Fe. It's the oldest state capital and the highest state capital uh, in, in, the, in the union, by the way, handing money in one of the least thriving states to one of the most Profitable and most politically liberal and most politically active industries. And you know, as upset as I am about those statues, it's even more upset that the good people of New Mexico have been taxed to subsidize Hollywood. No, that's not what Rob Montoya said. He didn't say that. He said, "I'm glad New Mexico got the business." This is stupidity on a level, ladies and gentlemen. I know I'm 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 I'm, I'm getting worked up. I'm sorry. I'm all right. The juices are going. The, the juices are going. When the Republican party of this state finally understands that you can't just slap the phrase pro-business on a policy, a law, a subsidy, and it's automatically a good thing when you understand that, when you understand that you can't on the one hand say we have too much welfare dependency in our state, whether it's Medicaid or housing or Obama phones, whatever, and at the same time endorse the subsidization of profitable corporations Maybe you'll start to turn things around and not be the completely irrelevant political force that you are right now. You will stand with taxpayers. You will stand for capitalism. You will stand for the free market. Rod, this might be the stupidest thing I've ever heard a New Mexico Republican say, and, and, and I keep files on all of you. That's my commentary for the day, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, there, there will be Bravo. no, there will be no data dump. Um, uh, there will be no data dump. In lieu of the data dump, that was my, um, <laughs> that was my train fifty tomorrow rant.
0: <clears throat> oh boy, what time of the day were you born? At? Do you know where <laughs> your moon, early, do you know where your morn your moon was. Uh, Seven forty three in the morning. My
1: mother, uh, who was plagued, I, I was her largest child. The first two were were uh, girls, and of course they stopped after me because you know once you hit perfection, you don't you don't need to have any more children. My mother was so great with child that in the waning weeks and months, my father referred to her as thunder lizard. And my <laughs> sorry, mother's I held a grudge sorry. for 50 years on that one. <laughs> Irish old, nasty Irish women can hold grudges. Okay. Just the way middle-aged Irish men can hold grudges. So thunder lizard, not a good call by Tom Muska back in the early seventies.
0: No. And not able to uh, live it down over that many <laughs> no. years. So, uh, we're going to go into, uh, folks, um, Speaking can have 10,000 maniacs and fill in your age and all that kind of good stuff. I can't wait for tomorrow. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, we'll celebrate all the things that are August the 16th. Uh, but I think uh, more importantly, I can't wait to give uh, Doubt his his present. It's going to be uh, sort of ironic in all of it. But uh, thanks everybody for tuning in. When we return, we're going to talk about how you and we and everybody seems to be lazier. We'll do that when we return here in the Kiba. On AM 1600, KIVA, ABQ.FM, Rock of Talk. Do you know how many days you've lived down? Too many. Too many? (laughs) Not nearly enough.
2: To it out of the heart of
0: Well, you're lazy. You want to take a day off just like Ferris Bueller? Well, you'll forever be taking that uh, day off. If you could, I'm going to stay home. I'm going to work from home. i want to remote work forever. Yeah. And then uh, you're hanging out home in your Jonas. He's over there in his Jonas all day playing video games. I don't know what he's doing over there. Uh, just you can do it ESPA style if you want. But uh, the world has gotten considerably lazier and pay no attention to the unemployment levels, folks, because even those are false. Uh, what would have been, I don't know, eight or 9% is now coming up as a registered five and a half, six 6% now. You know, the three, three and a half percent really should be like a five, five and a half percent. There's a lot less people who are working. And during COVID, this all happened. We, we gave you the origins of the COVID and how this whole thing got sprung up on uh, Donald Trump what a man knew, and Dow's going to do, be doing some deep diving uh, into that as he's got his new favorite target, Mr. Pottinger, uh, if you will, Matt Pottinger. Very and uh, yeah, very, very interesting. But Dowd's been wanting to um, unleash uh, on the laziness of the world, Dowd. Uh, you're going to take your first vacation an interesting thing doubt i'm not sure if you knew this or not uh a man who made more dead than alive his name's charles schultz he's the second highest paid dead celebrity oh no nice. better not yeah um, after elvis of course well elvis is second uh first is michael jackson and then there's uh, charles schultz okay. uh very interesting uh, you look at the top five more than maryland that's interesting uh yeah maryland not in the top uh five uh john lennon uh there some some other uh, Ulcerans, but very interesting. Some of those people deserve it more than others. <laughs> the author of the James and the Giant Peach was number one last year, by the way. Wow. Yeah, I'm not sure. James Odeon or whatever. I never read it. They always told me to read it and I was never interested in fruit. It didn't work for me. Uh, <laughs> my Remember the little Miles Finch, the man who'd come up with the ideas. and <laughs> Very, very cool. Anyway, I digressed a little bit too much. Let's get into this whole thing. The world is lazier now. It,
1: it is, and we're trying to figure out this crazy employment situation we're in, and and there's all sorts of competing theories and some are more plausible than others. I think uh, my, my pal, Jeffrey Tucker, over at the Brownstone Institute, who uh, I suggested movie to one time, one of of the best anti-war movies he hadn't heard of it. He was collecting anti-war movie titles. And um, his piece is interesting. He had one last week, lockdowns kicked off a national substance abuse crisis, liquor, drugs, weed, you name it, depression too. Even today one cannot help but uh, notice the smell of weed in large cities Oh, I think yeah. where I'm about to go in a week, I'm probably going to smell
0: a fair oh, amount of weed. Everywhere, uh, every, every, outside, uh, everywhere, over the... There's a the good house? There's a good side of the Strip and there's a bad side. If, are you going to the steakhouse I think you're going to, which is what you went to last time? Uh, did
1: we go to Smith & Wolanski's last you time? You went or? to Smith
0: & Wolenski's last yeah. time. Oh, on the, so the, the Smith & Wolanski side is not a good side. Not a good side. Okay. No, you want to be on the other side of the Strip. Well, I think
1: probably the best one is... Uh, the first one we went to a couple years ago was the Voodoo Steakhouse at the top of the Rio. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, my God. God. and then Where'd after after about nine o'clock, the girls come out and they do go go dancing. So yeah. uh, you I'm know, glad you stayed I'm away from the Chippendales like, there. Yeah, that's not, no, thunder it's from good. down under. Yeah. Not, not not interesting to me. But um, uh, this is not the smell of ambition and productivity, yes, as as Jeffrey writes. Um, David Stockman, okay, a former Reagan uh, budget official, was uh, very very prominent back in the 1980s when I was starting to get in, in, involved in all this. So what's his theory on this labor? Uh, labor productivity dropped. That was, you know, by a pretty dramatic una- uh, amount. The, the feds just announced uh, labor, labor productivity, took it on its chin. Uh, that is to say bad Washington policies, including $6 trillion of stimmies, massive money pumping, and the brutal lockdowns of the virus patrol have apparently left employers dazed and confused. Now listen to Stockman's theory. And I, I, I'm i very eager to hear Eddie's thoughts on this because I, I wouldn't have come up with this on my own. And uh, it's really interesting. At length, however, employers will wake up to the fact that bloated payrolls against declining sales will result in a severe profit margin squeeze. Then the labor shedding and layoffs will commence big time, even as the Keynesians in the Eccles building are reduced to babbling about the strong labor market, which suddenly vanished. Interesting thought. Uh, And we will add to that this dichotomy. The feds determine how many jobs there are, Primarily through two mechanisms: the establishment survey and the household survey. And it kind of is self-explanatory. They have a list of business establishments, and they check in every month with them about number of employees. And then there's just a household survey where they call houses and say, you know, are people in your house working? You know, or, or how many adults do you have, and are they working? Were they working last month? So there's this divergence, okay? And uh, that great website Zero Hedge did an uh, analysis. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, showing this divergence in March. So the establishment survey. This is the official number. So this is what business which is what employers are reporting kept on rising while the household survey hit some unexplained brick wall and hasn't moved at all. That happened back in March. So we're talking about five months ago. In, in fact, since March, the establishment survey, this is the employer survey shows a gain of 1.68 million jobs while the household survey shows an employment loss of 168,000 jobs. That doesn't add up. Digging in deeper, we find Mm. that this drop in household survey employment is the result of both full-time and part-time jobs. In fact, as shown below uh, in a a chart, since March, the U.S. has lost 141,000 full-time employees and 78,000 part-time employees. This trend has persisted into June... Uh, The Bureau of Labor Statistics saw a 71,000 drop in full time workers offset by 384,000 gain in far lower paying part timers. The offset multiple job holders or people who have more than one job. Is it the case? that the people who maybe didn't benefit from all the welfare and all the STEMI are having to work multiple jobs, now, or a greater number or share of people have to work multiple jobs while others are just sitting on the sidelines. Eddie, this is a complex picture.
0: Yeah. And who knows the full truth, but you know some interesting ideas to throw out there. No, well, these are ideas, I think, that are all interrelated. I think when you look at productivity, which has been marching downwards, okay? So how does productivity march downwards? And just put this very simply when employment is marching upwards. What I mean is more people are gainfully employed, right? The unemployment level goes lower and lower and lower. They're literally bragging about it. That makes no sense. Like that's just the straight line. Look at it. Okay. Productivity cannot go on uh, lower and lower if more people are employed, that would make no sense. But if you take the cumulative of the total number of people who are actually in the workforce, it's actually declining. And let's not forget the magic elixir of the COVID-19, which was PPP. These are all corporations that benefited by doing the work of the government. Essentially, this is what fascism is. It's the partnership between business and government. If you're running tests, if you're running the government's game, if you're saying that you have to stay home and then you're, you know, interjecting these people with $600 a week or whatever it is, $1,200, $2,400 a month, on top of the money that you're giving them because you're not gonna fire them. Remember, many people kept their jobs despite the fact that unemployment should have been somewhere close to 40%. Yet it only got as bad, I think, as what, at the very worst, 13%, 14%. Yeah, it actually got to a point, it got to a point in in Nevada where I was, where our unemployment rate in 2008 was, I think, 15.4%. It was kind of disgusting. It was the highest unemployment in the entire country because it was all service, gambling, everything related. But It was elastic, it came right back as soon as the money came back. You have to think about the amount of money that people had. They didn't just die off because they didn't have jobs, folks. Uh, These are people who had money and they kept getting money. And that getting of the money, which came with zero effort versus what normally occurs when you get the money, which is you work to get the money when you took out that very little important detail that you actually have to work for what you have and the government decided to go ahead and print and put it in there it has also created the type of job market that we have where people don't have to report what they're actually doing so i think the gig economy has taken off i think people are you know working there you hear this phrase all the time side, what's your side hustle right. like what are you talking about what does that mean a side hustle Is it? And remember, what's the what's Joe Biden and the Democrats coming down? They're coming to look at people, your bank accounts. Remember, one of the things you guys aren't paying attention to that's more important than the 87,000 IRS agents is they can look when you guys are doing those cash apps, Venmo or whatever you guys do. I don't know what it is. They're looking at all the, those types of things. So a lot of that is getting lost in the traditional uh, economic aggregate shuffle. But what we do know is there are less people that are gainfully employed... In a traditional sense. Yep. So because of that, the way they measure productivity, you're not seeing it actually grow. The bottom lines have increased only because of the amount of money that's been captured by Wall Street. And, I'll, and I'll, I'll, I'll do you a one better here, folks. What's more important to these people, the, the woke people, than you actually being employed. I can't even believe I have to say this. Is you voting the right way. Big time. ESG has taken over. They're more interested in you wasting time on social. They, they found a way to capitalize on you. Okay. You're worth something to Facebook. You're worth something to Instagram. You're worth something to all these social media people that, that are out there. Okay. That are making money on you because they're just getting attention. Attention is getting these companies money and it's removing your own personal identity. I don't know how else I can say that anymore so, simply than that. And what's the biggest purveyor of that? What is What's the one company that's been out buying every other company and actually entire neighborhoods and and, and entire sections, if you will. And I mean an actual true measurable real estate section, if anybody knows what that is uh, out there. $10 trillion investment giant, CEO Larry Fink, BlackRock, in the crosshairs of an investigation led by 19 Republican attorneys general. All right. Why is it the Republicans who are looking at this? Because the only states that have actually have real employment, actual employment gains, and Dow did the math. What about a month and a half ago? I think you were tracking this stuff. Yep, yep. It was kind. of, It blew my mind. I was like, "Whoa, is that that is it." <laughs> and remember, they 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 saw that, and they probably were listening. And they're like, "Oh, we got to make that stop." It's the first time that we've actually seen more and more people losing their jobs. And and Dow couldn't really. Uh, we we should get an update on that. These nineteen. Uh, we,
1: the data come out Friday. We'll have another
0: update. Okay, on. the nineteen Republican attorneys general. BlackRock CEO Larry Fink prioritizes left-wing political initiatives over shareholder returns and is jeopardizing retirement of middle class workers with pensions. What did we just talk about last week? Those pensions are now disappearing. In fact, in the state of New Mexico, you actually saw a loss despite this huge gain in the stock market. It's all being soaked up by these biggest, these biggest companies, the biggest companies, excuse me. (laughs) Sorry. Fink's embrace of environmental, social, and governance investment policies known as ESG potentially runs afoul of several laws. DAG's charged in a letter uh, sent to Fink, instead of managing state pension funds and funding the best returns on investment, DAG's right, BlackRock uses citizens' assets to pressure companies to comply with international agreements such as various climate initiatives, as well as, of course we know, the World Economic Forum. Critics of ESG say the policies are arbitrary and can hurt companies' bottom line. So you're wasting your time You're at home. They know you're at home. They're paying you to be at home. They want you to vote for these woke-ass, woke broke-ass policies. And then on top of that, you're turning on your GPS, your phone, and those clicks and all these things. And remember, who's had the biggest layoffs this year? The fastest-growing company of 2021 was 2022's Robinhood. What were you doing with all that extra cash that you were getting? You were giving it to the companies. They didn't even have to ask you for it. You literally gave it to them. So is there more productivity? How do we sort of rationalize everything that's out there? There's definitely not more productivity. There's red states that are highly productive and there's blue states that are less productive, that are paying you to stay at home. I would say if there's elasticity, we could talk about the labor elasticity. And by that, I mean, is it plunging? Is it going downward? Is, is, is there more people that are being uh, uh, becoming unemployment? It's the people who are going into How long is it going to be before a state government starts to do layoffs? (laughs) How long, how far are we away from that? I guarantee you New Mexico will be the last. Uh,
1: Hmm. Mm -hmm -hmm.
0: The first sign of that in a blue state that you see, that trend will kick off a whole different paradigm for people to get uh, attached and perhaps make money without them making money. And and folks, let's not forget where we're at. We literally just crossed the uh, threshold of 8 billion people. You now have eight billion people here on this earth. What are those stones? The Georgia guide stones that we had, and all you conspiracy theorists—deep world population you know? to fight. Yeah, million. yeah, depopulation. Well, what's the world economic Forum about? They want you to eat crickets. They want you to get the Wuhan. They want you. To... It, it's going to become more pronounced and more in your face and more explicit. So, if you're not taking care of yourself and taking care of you in your own, there's no guarantee of life. You can go walk around the the streets of Albuquerque. You can get murdered tonight. I mean. It's not going to matter to a single single person in Albuquerque other than, oh, it's a terrible thing that that's happened. Okay. We're at the point where they, they think that there's too many people on this earth. Think about that for a second. The whittling down of certain economies is going to start happening and not, not by money, but by population, because they feel that there's not enough to go ahead and create productivity and create, uh, Supplies, food, shelter, etc., etc. Are the are the are the housing companies rolling out any new new houses? No, because by 2030, as the World Economic Forum says, you will own nothing and I like it, you will be happy. So there you go. Uh,
1: but not to fear, Eddie, uh, CNN just just went up on oh, the website. Okay. Yes. Uh, we, uh, economic times are great. The U.S. economy didn't get the recession. Oh, demo. we have an election. Uh, the economy added more than half a million jobs in July alone. The unemployment rate dropped to 3.5%. Inflation chill, chilled out. What was it? 9.1 to 8.5. Big, big, big reduction. Uh, gas prices are tumbling. And Mark Zandi, chief economist at Moody's Analytics, uh, says this is not a recession. It's not even this in the same universe <laughs> as
0: a recession. Wow,
1: boy, are they doing what they can they to, are to, doing to their pump best up uh, a weekend at Bernie's, aren't they?
0: I their mean. Texas two-step uh, they're doing to, to to bring it home. Um, we'll get to the uh, what we're exporting uh, tomorrow. Um, I think we probably should touch on um, speaking of the richest man in the world, that will certainly tell us uh, something. Uh, he sold off seven point seven seven point eight billion dollars. Mm. Um, Elon Musk loses his Starlink rural broadband subsidies. Front page of the Albuquerque Journal today, little companies providing broadband for rural New Mexico. Elon Musk losing out. Oh, whoa, he's getting punished, folks. You don't think that some of that stuff can be uh, sort of squashed? Yeah. Twitter admits flaw exposed private user data of over 5.4 million accounts. That from Sarah Carter. And Elon Musk... Diluting $7.7 billion in shares. So it looks like this is going to go some way. They are going to force him. And remember, if these courts want you to get sued and they don't like you, you are going to get sued. Just understand that. Okay. Now, I want to say one other thing. We've got a lot of little news bits. And speaking of, of, of this, um, Dad, I think I sent this to you before the show. Um, Alex Berenson wrote about something that would, which was a little bit, Slightly off of we've we've heard about six seven hundred million people they're anticipating because of the people who took the jab are going to die of oh the funeral business yeah yeah the, the funeral, funeral business yeah. doing great <laughs> going big in fact that's what Michelle Lujan Grisham is investing in uh, have you have you you seen this
1: uh, yeah this is uh, this is new for me Eddie. sinister <laughs> this is new I I, uh, I think probably a lot of people might be offended by this. Uh, You, ladies and gentlemen, are subsidizing a business up in Santa Fe called Parting Stone. Uh, Parting Stone. $150,000 from the Local Economic Development Act, uh, which if you go to rockoftalk.chat today, I have a piece that mentions the the, uh, Local Economic Development Act and how we got screwed over by a high-tech company up in Santa
0: Fe, let's let a lengthy story. But Let's um, let him tell the story. Let's let the mainstream media tell the story because they're spiking the football doubt. This is how you know that they're trying to, uh, you know, gaslight you into to normalize this thing. And it's none other than, uh, uh, what's that guy over at Channel 13, the head guy that uh, interviewed me? He, the Santa Fe cremation company.
1: Cremains, we're talking about. Yeah. Cremains. Uh, you're putting cremains into smooth stones. That's what parting stone does. <laughs> <laughs> One-of-a-kind technology to process cremated cre- cremated remains into smooth stones. Parting stone has seen rapid growth with the increasing cremation rates as the business has nurtured relationships with some 600 funeral homes across the United States and Canada. This is from the governor, by the way. This is a press release from the governor's website. You pay for it. Uh, The vision for Parting stone and the technology that is driving this company are homegrown, developed with New Mexico resources and talent, according to Michelle Lujan Grisham, and she's proud to announce Mm. $150,000 of your money going to this company parting stone
0: here is so you're going to become a stone you're going to be so excited about this you get to go ahead and you know turn your turn your brother sister husband wife kids whatever you got you could turn them into tinder rocks
1: we're, we're very big on stone walls in new england we love this, this, death this takes it to a whole nother
0: level <laughs> new mexico is the home for the culture of death i mean look look at santa fe look at look at sure. look how much they celebrate their death up there with these azobra. The by the way the the a friend of mine reminded me what the uh, mascot is for the Santa Fe High School. That's the demons, folks. Uh, just uh, FYI.
1: Ah, uh, the mayor up in Santa Fe said that the company's done a brilliant job of yes. recognizing a deep human need, the human need to be have your body burned up and mixed with stones. Okay, that's not something I know. I know anything about, but and to turn uh, into rocks, yeah, uh, and developing an important business to meet that need sensitively and artfully, according to oh. Alan Weber,
0: when you can turn them into nice smooth stones and just toss around, you know, yeah. yeah, yeah. Wow! So much for resting in uh, peace, dude. To expand, this. they're they're expanding. This they, okay. they they chose New Mexico. We're we're expa- expanding abortion clinics and well, a unique Santa Fe range.
1: cremation company is getting thousands to expand. The company called Parting Stone processes cremated remains into smooth stones. They use technology developed with the help of Los Alamos National Lab. Right now, the company is growing and has built relationships with about 600 funeral homes across the nation. The state says more people are also turning to cremation as burial costs rise. So Parting Stone is getting $150,000 in LITA funding from the state. They plan to add 89 employees with that funding to expand their reach. Santa Fe City Councilors are also expected to approve another $25,000 in local LITA funding.
0: Wow. Death is expanding. Alex Berenson took notice, folks. uh, I think he's our favorite. The funeral business is doing great. Don't take it from me. Take it from the good folks at Service Corporation International, North America's leading provider of funeral cremation and cemetery services, handling 450,000 corpses a year. Service Corporation's earnings boomed in 2020 and 2021. Thanks to COVID, funerals are solid but slow growth, and the trend toward cremations hasn't helped. But... 2019 to 2021, SEI's earnings per shared more than doubled. Yes, death is increasing and becoming profitable. At first, SEI worried that the growth was called pull forward. In other words, because COVID mostly killed people who were close to death anyway. More deaths in 2020 and 2021 would just mean fewer later. Lucky for Service Corporation and its investors pull forward. Is it turning out to be a problem? Americans are still dying at rates well above normal, even as COVID becomes, quote, unquote, a minimal part of business this year. So uh, according to uh, Berenson, he says, death, it's looking up. This is according to their May 5th presentation uh, uh, to investors, maybe Michelle Lujan Grisham and her staff was there, aging demographics, a woman smiling, moderation of COVID pulling forward, pre-need driving market share. The source reported his spring earnings of Service Corporation, another banner quarter with almost a billion in sales, 135 million in profits, Company's chief executive, Tom Ryan, told investors and Wall Street analysts, I think the COVID case is on a national basis. It's not just material to our numbers. So like we tried to point out the investor Day, I think we're experiencing, we're servicing elevated numbers of consumers. You dead people are now just consumers. He went on to several potential explanations for the growth and death. I should say, Tom... Well, we've mentioned a little bit we think there's still excess deaths but we think we can correlate it with the lack of health care people probably drinking too much smoking too much driving too fast depression and access to mental health no comment on to whether or not klaus schwab is an investor in a service corporation there you go Well, and that's a bright note dear Doud musk that's a remarkable <laughs> statement uh
1: we think there's still excess deaths Lack of health care, drinking too much, smoking too much, driving too fast, depression and access uh, to mental health. I thought once we socially distanced, I thought once we took the injections, uh, flowers and puppies and kittens and we're, we're going to bloom everywhere. Uh, maybe maybe we were sold a bill of goods, ladies and gentlemen. Do you hey, think I, that I, people are finally
0: is- going to start uh, fighting back uh, the closer they are to death or to, to realizing that at some point they're being murdered? <sighs> I, I, at what point do things become so dire? Well, I, that, I think we have... Would we, you fight for your own life at this point?
1: We have a, a multi-pronged uh, assessment of what's going on. And, and, I, and I do think people react to... I don't, when people were saying at the start of the injection that everyone who takes it's going to die, I don't think that served our, the no. cause of rationality no. well. Uh, if that's the case, then we have another year before 200 million Americans are dead, okay? And I get my free house finally. That's not going to happen and people should not have said that. Having said that, clearly, clearly there are people who are reacting to this negatively shingles, myocarditis, all that other stuff. But I think there's some truth in what this earnings report, this guy said in the earnings report because of the uh, drinking too much, smoking too much, driving too fast and and suicide. But what what are we arguing? Uh, we're, we're trying to present a, a raft of data to people who have been sold on the deadliness of this one germ. So they have to think in a more sophisticated fashion past this government and media tell me bad germ is coming to kill my kids. The donkey doesn't wake up until you hit it in the head with the two by four many, 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 many times. And I'm saying that metaphorically, of course, I'm an animal person. Ah, boy, Eddie, there's still a whole lot of stupid out there. I spent the weekend in Corrales, as I often do, and I was told repeatedly how they have finally got Trump now. This is the one he won't be able to (laughs) escape from. They got him in the bear trap. It finally, you know, clasped its teeth around the ankle of Donald Trump. Uh, there's been so much belief and, uh, so little reason, uh, in America in recent years. And I just, uh, have to step back and shake my head.
0: Well, let's not, let's not forget, uh, Donald Trump did, uh, put, put us in the shutdown and did give us the vax. And I think that hopefully he would not, uh, do that again. If he gets, uh, should be, we, we'd be so lucky for him to get reelected back after a quick break to wrap the show, your top five and. Well, take care of our advertisers. They take care of you, and you're listening, and all the great things that we do. And uh, if you're a goody-goody two shoes, then I guess you can go invest in the service corporation, right, and benefit off of other people's death. And you know, turn the ma in law into stones. Where's ma? I don't know. I uh, threw her out in the backyard. Threw the rocks in the backyard. <laughs> in the aquarium with the fish. <laughs>
2: Send the judge a dog, don't do it, don't do it. it on a pound, no pound, no. Goody two, goody two, goody goody two shoes, goody two, goody two, goody goody two shoes, all drinks, all smoke, one, two,
0: day caught him up there uh what was it three years ago I was there feel it steel portugal the man good good uh good stuff dad's gonna wrap up your top five we'll bring it in tomorrow and his happy birthday tomorrow and uh he's got he's has got he's uh proposed something special for me so i'm excited about this i'm excited about tomorrow's show and you should be as well down your top five for rock of chat
1: yeah folks these are the Clicks uh, of the day that you chose as the most interesting stories at the Daily Blast today. Rock of Talk. Chat. Number one, interesting piece on the Obamas and their issues regarding presidential records in the National Archives uh, from my mentor, James Bovard. He uh, published it in the New York Post. Uh, number two, Rand Paul calling for repeal of the Espionage Act. It sounds crazy on the surface, but it actually makes a little bit of sense. Uh, number three, Breitbart reporting on Asa Hutchison, good Republican governor in arkansas sticking up for the fbi and its raid because they were only just carrying out their responsibilities uh number four glenn beck's uh, the blaze great piece on someone whining about cold fries at mcdonald's so the cops came and picked him up on a murder charge and finally our, our as always our friend tony heller native new mexican another video on global warming nonsense carbon is racism
0: <laughs> there you go folks we'll see you tomorrow bright and early 4 p.m. here in Nikiva on am 600 KIVA, ABQ.FM, rockoftalk.com. Next week, Dowd is headed to Vegas, so we'll get some, uh, maybe get a little report from him from there while he's there on the pot smoking. It was a record $40 million, folks, $40 million. We took $40 million for our workforce. the pots. That's right. It was our banner month. We'll talk about that. That's all we wanted. We just want the money. That's it. But oh, we fight, stay alive. My dreams on the plane, different sides of the bed Will your eyes shave my head? Now we're stuck in the storm We were born to ignore And all i got is a chance to just say
2: Cut off my t-shirt sleeves and claim a new continent. <laughs> Till I saw your face <laughs> covered in something. I think I, I understand. understand. I understand. But we fight, stay up late in my dreams. On the blade,
0: different sides
2: of the bed. Roll your eyes, shake my head. Now we're stuck in the storm. We were born. A chance to just say, oh, right You feel the air out of my lungs, you make me feel it. I'm waiting for everything we know.